All right, y'all. I haven't done one of these in a hot little minute. The 10 on it segment. And the 10 on it segment is when you all say, hey, I got a question for you or a topic for you. And I want you to do a video talking about it. And then you proceed to head on over to PayPal or Cash App and send in a minimum of $10. And if I like the topic, I'll do the video. If not, I will refund you your money. All right. So somebody sent in a 20 on it. And I appreciate the 20 twin twin. Because this brother wrote me a whole book report over here. So <clears throat> let me go ahead and pull it up. Uh, let's see if I can pull it up on my screens here. All right. All right. So we got this. This is our this is our topic here. Make sure my joint is working. Hold on. All right. So who 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 sent this in? Let me check. This comes from our buddy John W. John W. out there. I'm not gonna put your full government out there, but um, John, he wants to know the following. So let me go ahead and read this to you. He says, at the beginning of the year, a person wrote in talking about culturalism and explicitly stated he did not want black culture in his neighborhood. <clears throat> so I did a video earlier this year with some, some white dude who listens to me uh, talking about how he, don't, he doesn't like ghetto black culture. <laughs> and then he, the white dude was on some crap like um, basically saying, you know, the hood culture of black society has become so rampant that um, he can't tell the difference between the good Negroes and the hood Negroes. And to a certain, certain extent, I somewhat could understand his perspective because a lot of the things he was saying uh, are a lot of things that black people say when we're having these conversations amongst ourselves. So that was that. Was, so that's what that's in reference to. But anyways, he says, uh, let me get back to this. It says at the beginning of the year, a person wrote in talking about culturalism and explicitly stated he did not want black culture in his neighborhood. He goes on to say, I like to flip that script and ask, do blacks want whites in their neighborhood? Are whites really making blacks feel unsafe? Is hanging old glory on one's front porch racist? Is someone listening to Beethoven or Bach really making black people uncomfortable? I know what people like Vicki Dillard, Tariq Nasheed, Cynthia G, and D.L. Hughley think, and they're effing clowns. These are clearly bigots, Ala David, Ala David Duke, and shouldn't be taken seriously. I'm talking about uh, reputable intellects like Charles Blow, Michael Eric Dyson, Nicole Hannah-Jones, Don Lemon, and the like that are pushing out a very anti-white ethos that trickles down to the university schools in mainstream media. He says, I consider their ideas highly seductive, intelligent, dangerous, and counterproductive. North American scholars like John McWhorter, Glenn Lowry, uh, Gad Said, Thomas Sowell, and Larry Elder are strongly and passionately pushing back on critical race theory and this type of thinking. So who is right? 
Then he says, to you hoteps, Kimites, pro-blacks, and social justice warriors, says, if you continue on this track of constantly blaming white, Asian, and filling your most convenient oppressive race for your problems, you will lose all and any empathy you have. Everyone else will view any interaction with you as a liability, and you will see social and professional interaction come to a quick halt because at this point, there's more to lose than gain than to gain by interacting with you. He says, we're boarding this train. We want you to get on, we want you to be part of it. And wholeheartedly, we want you, we want to see you flourish, be prosperous and retain the better, retain the better base of your culture. But it's leaving nonetheless. If you consider that your interactions with said groups are the only danger to you, you are in denial. Your greater problems are not white, Asian, or Latin people in the streets with pitchforks, but something greater into which you do not want to address. It's high time you begin to enter the discourse of what are the most serious problems, and those problems are having children, and those problems are children having children, those children without a stable father mother household, the complete abandonment of education and your anger for other races, including other blacks. All right. So that was uh, what John W. wrote. I have no idea if John W. is white or black. I can't really tell if this was written by a white dude or a black dude. I honestly can't, can't tell you. But the question is, uh, do blacks want whites to live in their neighborhoods? That's, that is... Uh, that is his question. So do black people want white people to live in their neighborhood? Hmm. My man, black introvert says, yes. Me, I've never really even thought about it. <laughs> I've never actually sat down and pondered this one before. Yes, Vic, that's actually a good point. Do we have a choice? That's actually a, a, a great statement from, from Vic, our local hotep out there, pro-black, part-time pro-black. But um, yeah, do we even have a choice? I mean, you know, let's let's just let's just think about this, right? What is the black community, y'all? Is the black community, is this a community? I'm talking about in today's terms, as to how we talk about it. Is the black community, the hood, or however you want to phrase it, is this a place where the properties and the buildings are owned predominantly by black people? Or is this just a place where black people live and pay rent to other races for the most part? Like, what, what is it? Because I'm under the assumption and the, and the belief that the community is merely just a place where black people live and pay rent. For the, for the overwhelming majority of the people. You go to the community, any community in America, you, you'll have a couple black businesses over here and there. And the majority of these black businesses are beauty salons, barber shops. But when it comes to those anchor businesses, those staple businesses like grocery stores or other little convenience stores, nine times out of 10, those are owned by other people. And then when you look at the properties people live in, especially when the closer and closer you get to the urban areas, a.k.a. the hood, where a lot of black people, you know, 
are concentrated. A lot of those properties that they live in, they're not owned by black people. A lot of them are owned by others. The projects, they're not owned by black people. Or if you don't have projects, you live in a house somewhere out there, chances are you're not going to find too many black folks that actually own a lot of those houses, but you'll find a lot of black people that rent them. So in regards to what my man Vic is saying, do you even have a choice? Do black people even have a choice as to whether or not you want white people to move in? And I'm leaning towards you, the average black person in, in and around these communities, you know, more than likely you don't have a choice because you don't own anything out there. You live out there, you dominate the optics out there, the visuals, but when it comes to the actual paperwork of who actually owns these bricks that they have erected to turn into a building, you know, you're going to be hard pressed to find a lot of black ownership in these areas. So with that being said, do you even have a choice as to whether or not you want white people to live in your community? And I'm saying, no, you don't because when the white man is, he, when he come out there, he going to come out there and he, he already does it. I mean, what's the number one complaint? Y'all trying to gentrify us. Go to Harlem. Go to Brooklyn. Go to the Bronx. Go, go to D.C. in and around Howard University up in that area. It's heavy gentrification popping off in them areas. Heavy. That's black folks. Number one complaint is gentrification. And look, I understand the whole gentrification argument, right? I get it. You've been living out in these communities for God knows how long. And now the white people want to come through, fix the crap up, jack up the rent. Because that's what it's about. They want to jack up the rent in most instances or they jack up the property taxes. And now you can't afford to live out there and you get mad. And look, I can understand you getting mad because this is what you consider to be home. But was it ever truly home if you never really owned anything out there to begin with? And then, but, but then I look at gentrification from this standpoint. Um, you know, people be like, oh, they coming out here putting Starbucks and Whole Foods up, yada, yada, yada. And then they coming out here cleaning up the place. It's looking all clean. White ladies walking down the street in spandex, walking their poodles and stuff at, at like 10 o'clock at night. Is that necessarily a bad thing that they come through, clean the place up, spruce it up, and now the property values tend to go up. Now, if you're a person out there who owns property and you can afford to pay the taxes to live out there, I don't really see this being much of an issue. You know, even if you are black, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that if you can afford to live in those areas and you can afford to keep up with the rent or the property taxes, you're probably going to be happy because the higher rent and the higher property taxes that oftentimes comes with gentrification is going to drive a lot of the riffraff out of the community. And I don't really think you're going to be complaining too much if you can afford to live out there. Because let's just stop fronting like when the gentrifiers come, all the black people get removed from the community. No, they don't. There's a lot of black people who live in gentrified areas. There's a lot. I mean, you got to stop thinking of gentrification strictly in terms of white people. Gentrification isn't a black and white thing. It's a money thing. It's a group of people, investors or buyers or whatever, that are trying to buy up low property value, buy up properties that have low uh, property values, revamp those properties 
throw some nice businesses up in there so they can attract people with uh, higher resources to move into that area to make the area more affluent. I mean, where I live at in Orlando, they're doing this heavy in the downtown area. Like 20 something years ago, there was these little streets I used to hang out in and around called Paramore and Westmoreland. They're not too far from downtown next to where the old Amway Arena used to be. But they demolished that. And then in the middle of Paramore, <coughs> they put a damn soccer stadium down there. We got a professional soccer team down here. All right, matter of fact, let me let me see if I can pull up some pictures. Hold on. Let me let me let me pull up some image imageries. So y'all can kind of see what I'm see what I'm over here talking about. Give me a second. Welcome to the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. All right. So this is this is the O Town. This is downtown Orlando. I might get all this crap off of here. All right, so, so here's like one of the last remnants. This place called Griffin Park. This is a project area right here, right? This thing is surrounded by the 408 Expressway. This thing I got to drive on every day going to work. Then the I-4 is right next to it. And then in this area right here, they're building like off ramps to connect to the I-4 to from the 408. And this project is sitting in the middle of all three of this. And this was written in the Huffington Post about how their air quality out here is kind of horrible because they have traffic literally on three sides of them. Right. And now the city's talking about demolishing this area, but they haven't went forward with it yet. But anyways, 20 something years ago, I used to be uh oh, I used to be in and around this area hanging out. You know, my cousin and all them, you know, she used to live out there. Um, let me see. Where's the soccer stadium at? How old is this? Okay. That's the Norway Arena. Oh, here's the soccer stadium. So here's the soccer stadium, right? West Central Boulevard, North Paramore Avenue. I used to be like off in this area somewhere. But anyways, you see this? This is Paramore right here. Slap dead in the middle of the street. They built a damn soccer stadium. And then you got to drive around it to get back on the Paramore. <laughs> but all of this is hood area right here. Hood area. Right. And sometimes they be having concerts out here at the Amway Arena. And the white folks, what they'll do. They'll they'll like. Uh oh, what is this? Oh, they'll. How do I get this thing off? Right, anyways, so the white folks, what they'll do when they have like a major concert, matter of fact, hold up, where's the, we got the Citrus Bowl. I mean, it's called Camper Camper World. Okay, yeah, here's another, here's another stadium, Camper Bowl, uh, Camper World, where they play like the Citrus Bowl down here. So anyways, all of this is like hood area. All of this area down here in Orlando is, is, is like hood area right here. So when they have like a major concert, you know, before the pandemic hit, they had like a concert up in here 
and the white folks be parking their cars all over here or they be parking their cars. If they got a soccer game, they be parking their cars out here. All up and down these little streets will be heavy police presence, right? And then they'll break out these little generator lights to light up the streets because they don't want none of them white folks getting robbed as they're walking through. Now, when they got like a major soccer game going on, oftentimes what you'll see, you'll see like all these little, see these little, these are like all little project houses right here, all this crap. But what happens in these little project houses, if they got like a soccer game going on, all these little project, all these little Negroes that live out here, because these are all black folks that live out in this area. Because how I know, because I'll tell you in a second, but what these people do, they'll they'll um allow you to park your car in their yard on their grass. They'll charge you like five dollars, ten dollars, and you can just park your car literally in their grass so that you can go walk to the soccer stadium, or you can go walk to the Amway Arena, or you can go walk to Camper World or whatever. And how I know because I've done it. <laughs> I've driven down there and parked in somebody's yard. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and that's how that's how they that's that's like a little hustle for a lot of people out in this area. But, anyways, all this area is getting heavily gentrified down here. And now this part of town, this is where when my mother was a little girl, she grew up in and around this area when she was a little girl. And this was all black folks, right? All this, all this was like predominantly all black folks extending all the way down to Richmond Heights where this is the neighborhood I was, I was raised in when I was a kid, where I used to live, I used to live out here, Richmond Heights. Matter of fact, I used to stay off this street right here, Evers Place. I'll show y'all my grandma's old house. Um, I know somebody bought it and it's right here. This is my grunt wait. Yeah, this is my grandmother's old house right here. But um, anyways, so we used to we used to stay out there. This is all quote unquote black folks. All this is predominantly black folks. All of this right here. This is all black folks. All black folks. All this is black folks. Washington Shores, all this is black folks. Black, 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 all this. Going all the way up here, all black, all predominantly black, all this, right? But what's going on in Orlando now? So basically, for years and years and years, a lot of black, uh oh, I gotta put my battery, my thing in. For years and years and years, a lot of black folks lived in and around this area in downtown Orlando, right? Near the, near the downtown corridor, all this, all this, all this, right? Now, what was going on in, in, within the last 10, 15 years, you know, we're like one of the number one tourist cities in the in the world, right? If not the number one. You know, we got Disney World down here. Here you go, Epcot Center. You got, you got Disney World out here. You got Universal Studios. Uh, Sorry, you got International Drive. I can't see it on the map. Uh, oh, here it is, right? Universal Studios. I drive all this is where all the tourists come through and be dropping mad cheese, right? Well, downtown, they, they want to get some of that money. You know what I mean? They want to get some of that cheese. So, like I say, we got three stadiums downtown. We got Camper World Stadium, where they host like the Citrus Bowl and other events that be going on in there. We got a professional soccer team with their own stadium here. And then the Orlando Magic, they got a new arena right here. Their old arena used to be 
It was like in this area over here somewhere. I think it was like up in here. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I want to say it was up in this area right here before the, yeah, as a matter of fact, this used to be the old Magic Arena before they tore it down. And then they built this one, which is closer to the downtown area. And also, we got UCF, the University of Central Florida. For those of you who don't know, UCF, UCF is the biggest college in America in terms of student population. It's way out here on the east side of town somewhere. Um, where is it at? Where's UCF at? Hold up. Oh, yeah, okay, we're over here. Yeah, here it is, right? So UCF, University of Central Florida. This is the largest college in America in terms of student population. Michael Jordan's son went to college here. And it's quite, it's quite a few people. But it's so big, the student population is so big that they are, they got a, they got a campus a wing of the campus downtown now, right? Which is going to be in this area over here, if I'm not mistaken, UCF downtown. And this area is going to support, matter of fact, the Creative Village. And they got all these brand new uh, expensive ass apartments going up. And this portion of UCF that's downtown is going to support upwards of like 10,000 students, right? 10,000. Just that that attend UCF and live in the apartments down here to attend UCF downtown, right? So they're trying to bring all kind of money. They're trying to get a lot of those tourists to come to the downtown area and drop mad cheese because in the downtown area, we got this thing called Church Street. It's, it's like a gazillion bars and clubs all over the place, Orange Avenue. Like, you know, before the pandemic hit, you go down here on a Friday night and just try to drive two feet. You'll be stuck in traffic for an hour. Like they, they block, like they literally just block the streets off on Friday night during certain streets from Magnolia to Orange Avenue to uh, whatever the heck this street is. So basically all this area right here, they be, it's all foot traffic. You got to, you got to park your car and get out and walk on like a Friday and Saturday night. It's just so busy pumping and jumping down there. And then let's not even talk about when there's a game going on at the Amway Center or some type of concert. You know what I'm saying? It gets crazy down there. So they're trying to get all uh, they're trying to get all that tourism bucks to start flowing more and more into the downtown area, right? So what's gonna happen? Well, this is all black folks down here for the most part. All this, all this is black folks for the most part. All this is black folks, but as we get close to the downtown area, this is all black folks for the most part. Well, a lot of these people are going to get pushed out because, like I say, my mother, when she was a little girl, my mother's in her, my mother's about to turn, how old is she? My mother's about to be, she should be 60 years old this year, I think, right? When she was a little girl, this is where, you know, she, she grew up as a, little, as a little girl or whatnot. A lot of black folks lived out here. But a lot of them never bought properties out here. They were just like long-term renters or they living in little project areas because Griffith Park, as a matter of fact, let me see. Where's Gore? Okay, here's Gore Avenue. There's Jones High School. Wesley Snipes went to high school right here. But you, you come over here to this area. These are some little projects I used to, I used to kind of, I used to deal with some shorties in back in the day. These little projects, matter of fact, I used to deal with a little shorty up in this area. 
but they 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 starting to knock down a lot of these old little projects where a whole bunch of trapping and all kind of stuff was going on out here. As a matter of fact, they knocked them down. Used to be a project area right here. I want to say they they look like they knocked it down already, according to this map. Yeah, they sure did. This used to be this used to be just a straight. This whole lot used to be a project right here. My uncle used to stay out here. There was a whole lot of trapping going on out in this area, <laughs> and a whole lot of a lot of bodies be dropping in around this area. But they knocked all that down, man, because they got to make the white folks feel safe. You know what I'm saying? But um, anyways, people never bought all these properties up. So now here come the gentrifiers, right? The white folks, the investors, because you got to remember down here in Florida, I can't remember what the number is, but man, we got so many. I'm talking about before the pandemic hit, there are, I want to say there was, there, they said something to the tune like, like, I don't know, what was it? Five, 10,000 people move down to Florida every week or every month or something like that. Ridiculous numbers. To the point where Central Florida, so let's let's zoom out. So Orlando, see Orlando, see those of you who don't know about Orlando, it's a funny city, right? This is Orlando, right? And then you got like little towns like College Park, Winter Park, wherever the heck that's at on the map. All these little areas, they're like their own separate town, officially their own separate cities and towns, unincorporated, but Orlando is the biggest thing in Orange County. This is like pretty much Orange County right here. But Orlando comprises the greater Orlando metropolitan area extends from Daytona all the way down to about Lakeland. So all of this right here, from Daytona all the way down to about Lakeland, all, of the, all the way to Coco, all of this is pretty much considered the greater Orlando area. And in this area right here, we're talking about probably 2 million people live in this area alone, right? And so we got, we got mad gentrification, mad things popping off in this city, right? And so, but all these black folks who live in and around Westmoreland, Paramore, all this is the hood right here, and it still is, they're cleaning this stuff up. Because 20 years ago, when I used to drive up and down these streets and hang out, it looked like the hood. You go through there now, you got some expensive-ass condos popping up, all this stuff popping up. And I'd be going down there like, wow, they dropping cheese like that down here? Yeah, because they pushing these niggas out. They pushing these niggas out to Lee County, to Lake County, and other places, West, West Orlando, East Orlando, all over the place, B. But that's the natural, that's, that's, that's the way it goes, man. That's how, that's how gentrification works. Those who can afford to live here, they're going to be able to afford to live here and enjoy all of the anemones that are going to soon follow. But if you've been living there for like 40, 50 years, like you've been staying in this area right here, Griffin Park, and or whatever, and you bought a house in this area or something, and you ain't never bought the house flat out and owned it, well, you can't really get mad if whoever owns the property wants to sell when an investor comes to town or somebody comes to town talking about, can I buy your house? Because it's not yours. And so I'm getting to the point to get back to the question, do blacks want white people living in their neighborhoods? Well, like Vic says, do you even have a choice? Because you don't really own anything. Like, how can you dictate what uh, the people who own all these properties in and around this area where black folks are known to live, the, uh, are known to be concentrated the most historically, as far as the city is concerned, 
How can you really dictate what the people who actually own the brick and mortar structures out here, the businesses, the houses, the buildings, whatever, if you don't own it, you can't dictate it. Sure, you live out here. Sure, your mom and them grew up in this area. You named your gang after this street. You've been repping this clique. This is your street, but it's not your street because you don't. It's, it's only your street or your property if you own the property on it. Black folks really got to understand this, man. I don't care if you repping 18th Street, you 18th Street Mafia, or 18th Street Goons or whatever your name is. If you don't own the damn house and pay the taxes on the land out here, it ain't your street. It's not yours. You're just a <coughs> you're you're a renter at base, best or a squatter at worst. That's that's how this works all across America wherever black folks live. So, it doesn't matter if black people whether or not they want white people to live there, it's not up to you. It's up to the people who own the property as to whether or not they want certain people to live there. And white folks, they coming through, buying it up or whatever. And guess what? They're going to move in. They're going to move in and do what they want to do or whoever. And if you can afford to stay there, then you good money because now you'll get to experience the benefits of the Whole Foods and the Starbucks and all that other crap that comes to town. But if you can't, you got to hit the road, Jack, and go find you somewhere else to live. That's just the way it goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way it goes. And like I say, especially with Orlando, a lot of white, because what it was, once upon a time, Orlando, used to, a lot of white folks used to live in the downtown area, but then they started spreading out to other areas of the city further and further away. And you get out here to wherever Lake Butler is on this map or Windermere, that's where Shaq, he got a house on this street right here. And this is where all the, you know, Tiger Woods and all of them used to have houses. And there's a billionaire with a house that costs $100 million out here. But now you got a lot of white folks. They want to be closer to the downtown area because they want to experience that downtown living. And so you come to downtown Orlando, right? You come to the east side once you cross the I-4 corridor. You come off into this area over here past Lake Eola. You start getting into some houses out here in this area, right? This part, okay, so look, this is, this, is, this is officially the divide of Orlando. West side, east side, the I-4 corridor, going straight down the middle. Black folks over here, you come over here past Lake Eola, these areas are dominated by white folks in this area, right? Houses look almost the same for the most part, but these houses over here are hella expensive, y'all. I'm talking about ridiculously expensive all up and down here. You trying to get a house up in this area, you're going to drop some racks, some serious cheese because it'd be doctors, lawyers, all kind of six figure and above people live out here because they want to be close to all this downtown stuff. Go out there and, and, and you know, do the little stroll around Lake Eola and go to little events they be having out here. Yada, yada, yada. And, you know, from, from Lake Eola, from these houses over here to these houses over here where the black folks live, they ain't nothing but about maybe about five miles. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's probably about from here to here. It's probably like at max five miles. You know what I'm saying? But this is how it works. You got to own this stuff. But like I say, the white folks over here, they own their properties. 
a lot of the black folks who live out here, they don't own the properties. I mean, yes, you got some, but the majority of them don't own the properties out here. So you can't really cry and complain about gentrification if you don't own stuff. My bad, I still got Vic's thing up there. You can't really cry and complain if you don't own stuff. And then you can't really sit around here and be like, do blacks want whites to move in their neighborhood? What neighborhood do you have, B? You don't have a neighborhood if you don't own the property and pay the taxes on the property that you own. That is ownership. Renting is not ownership. You can live somewhere for 20 damn years and be a renter. And guess what? You still don't own the property. You don't own the property until you're paying the mortgage and, and or you eventually get the deed to the property. And then you got to maintain paying the taxes on the property. That's how this works, y'all. So let me get back to my letter over here. So we addressed that. Then he says, are whites really bad making blacks feel unsafe? Are whites really making, oh my bad, are whites really making blacks feel unsafe? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if, um, um, I can't think of too many instances where a black person, a white person is walking up on a black person and a black person is clutching their purse <laughs> or a black person's locking their door for if some white people walk. I mean, I just don't hear about that type of stuff. Maybe it does happen. I don't know, but I highly doubt that's going on. Then he says, is hanging old glory on one's front porch racist? I listen, I don't really care about that. The, the Florida state flag is, is, a, is a version of the Confederate flag. That's what old glory is, y'all. The Confederate flag. Stars and bars. My state flag is a version of the stars and bars. That, that type of stuff never really bothered me because I'm like, whatever. I, I, like I said, like I said before, I could my next door neighbor's white. For all I know, they could they could be dressing up like Adolf Hitler every night and going to bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. As long as they don't bring it outside and bring it on my property, I don't give a damn what you do. Just make sure you cut your grass so I can keep my property values, you know, keep these property values going up. Other than that, I don't care what you do on the inside of your house. They ain't none of my damn business. So I'm, I'm not going to read all this again. But, you know, like I said, I don't know if it was a white person who wrote this or a black person who wrote this. But like I say, you know, he said a lot of things in here about pro-blacks and social justice warriors. Uh, matter of fact, he was saying something about people like Don Lemon to uh, not necessarily well Don Lemon, Michael Eric Dyson, all these educated people. Because he mentioned Vicky Dillard, Tariq Nasheed, Cynthia G, and D.L. Hughley. He says they're basically clowns pushing this blame white people stuff. But I'm assuming he doesn't believe that they are really having an impact beyond just a social media shock jock value. He's saying that the the the, the Michael Eric Dyson types and the Don Lemon types. They're the ones that are actually having a real impact with this whole white supremacy boogeyman blacks are inferior narrative because their words are resonating on college campuses and in and, and, uh, institutions of higher learning. And so I guess he's trying to say that, you know, I guess how long are they going to keep pushing this crap to where black folks are just going to always be looking for the next person to blame? Because, you know, you know, you got Negroes out here. You know, started off blaming white folks. 
Now you got niggas out here blaming immigrants on everything. Like go to Tariq Nasheed's timeline. Everything is an immigrant's fault if they show a black person, right? Even if he ain't got no proof, he'll just say, that's a non-FBA. Like, how do you know? Do non-FBAs run around here with non-FBA uh, stamps on their forehead? Like, how do you how do you just look at a black person and be like, that's a non-FBA? How, how, how do you do that? <laughs> and then, um, so, I, so he's saying that black folks are out here just blaming everybody, but he said something in here. What did he say? He said, um, okay, here it is right here. He says, to you hoteps, Kimites, pro-blacks, and social justice warriors, if you continue on this track of constantly blaming whites, Asians, and filling your most convenient oppressive race for your problems, you will lose all and any empathy you have. Everyone else will view any interaction with you as a liability, and you will see social and professional interaction come to a quick halt because at this point, there's more to lose than gain by interacting with you. So. This is this is probably the most important part of this whole thing, right? Because this reminds me of this whole Me Too thing. You're like, what do you mean? So remember uh, Vice President Mike Pence? Anybody remember there was a statement that came out, I want to say a year or two ago from Mike Pence, where he said something to the effect that if he has to meet with a female colleague or a staffer, he doesn't want to meet with them alone. Or something like that, like 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 he doesn't want to be alone in a room with one of them, or something like that, because I guess he doesn't want to get accused of a Me Too. And you see what's going on with the governor of New York with Mario, what was his name, Mario Cuomo, or whatever his name is. But the Me Too thing, it kind of created a culture where a lot of dudes, especially those who work in professional environments or whatever, they didn't really want to be like in and around women like that. Because they didn't, they didn't want somebody to falsely accuse them of something, or 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 just miss, or, or yeah, just falsely accuse them. Like even if you just look at a matter of fact, um, I had shared something on Twitter, a video clip on Twitter of Morgan Freeman when he was doing this press run for uh, for some movie he was doing, and somebody had asked him a question, somebody from the audience. And he had responded. I can't remember what he said, but the lady that asked him a question, she thought he was making a reference to her when he was clearly talking about something else. And then she got on the press talking about Morgan Freely was sexually assaulting me with his eyes or something like that. And I shared it on Twitter. It got like over a million views or something like that, but whatever. But um, <clears throat> but it's stupid stuff like that where Me Too created this air, this, this environment that, a lot of dudes was like, yo, I don't, I don't care. I don't want to be caught up with, with any of these chicks. I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to say hi to a woman at the job because wh who's to stop her from going to HR to say that I'm sexually assaulting, sexually harassing her. And then everybody's just going to automatically believe her. You know what I'm saying? So now that relates directly to this whole racism and white supremacy thing. Or you, are you, like I said, you blaming everything on white people. You're blaming everything on, on people from the islands. You're blaming everything on Asians. You know, black people just blaming every single thing on everybody. Well, that's eventually, I think we're coming to the point now where we're going to see white folks who've had enough. And they're going to be like, I don't even really want to be associated with black people. Not because they're necessarily racist, but because they don't want to be accused of doing race. As a matter of fact, great example. What's her name? Sharon Osborne, uh, Ozzy Osborne's wife from the talk. 
I think she just quit the show. That little interaction she had with that comedian. Um, what, what's that? What's that black female comedian's name? Sharon Osbourne. Um, talk. What, what is that? What is that comedian's name? Um, let me look it up. Talk. Oh, let's see. Cheryl Underwood, that's her name. That little interaction she had with Cheryl Underwood, right? It's like, and look, look, don't, don't, don't take this as, oh man, you half white, you just caping for white, white people. Nah, listen, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to keep it a buck, right? You got white folks out here that are scared to even have a conversation about race because they're going to be accused of being racist just for having a conversation. You, you got white folks out here who are terrified. And look, listen, I'm not caping for them, but I'm just telling you what it is. They're terrified to even have a conversation because they're afraid of somebody accusing them of racism. Even if your intent was nothing, was, wasn't even remotely racist. They're afraid of it because it's been weaponized so much. The moment you, the moment you as a black person, because this, this is why, this is why I think this whole black people can't be racist this argument is stupid because what 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 is the whole argument we ain't got no power we can't be racist wait a second all you have to do as a black person is accuse a white person of being a racist and especially if that story makes national news that white person will potentially lose their job they'll get drugged through the mud all kind of stuff can happen to them their name live in infamy as being a suspected white supremacist or racist right all off of an accusation. You ain't got to have no tangible proof. You just got to just call them a racist. So now you got white folks who are just scared to have conversations about this crap. Because if you say something that they don't like in the, uh, that if you say something that a black person doesn't like in the exact manner that a black person wants you to say it, they're going to accuse you of racism. Or even if you do, but here's the thing, even if you are a white person and you say something in the exact manner that a white, a, a black person wants you to say it, black person will turn around and try to say that oh you're trying to you're trying to get credit for uh uh uh, speaking like us you're trying to steal our credit you're like wait a second you just said if i'm going to talk about this i need to talk about it like this all right i'm going down the checklist and now you're accusing me of trying to steal the checklist and and act like i created it so you you got this thing going on and then you you combine that with all these white folks list you got a bunch of looney tune liberals White folk liberals out here bending the knee, bending the knee to black people. Remember, we seen the pictures of them uh, during the protest last summer. They over here washing niggas' feet at protests for crying out loud. So you got a segment of them, but you got a whole other segment of white folks who just tired of being called a racist every five seconds because they have a difference of opinion or a different uh, worldview or life experience from a black person. Doesn't mean you're racist. But you just may have grown up differently, see things from a different angle or have just a different political uh, philosophy. But being that it's not in 100 percent alignment. And when I say 100 percent alignment, meaning you over here bending the knee and washing their feet, they're going to accuse you of being a racist. So now, yeah, I'm not even lying. Vic. Let's let's pull up some pictures. You don't believe me. You think I'm making that up? Let's pull up some pictures. White people washing feet at blm protest you think i'm lying about this look at this right here Vic. 
What we doing? Let me see if I can make it bigger. Hold on. This is a white, this is a white women's washing a black woman's feet. This is a white dude washing a black man's feet. This was last year during the protest, B. White folks was literally out here washing feet, y'all. Literally. Washing, washing black people's feet on some, we sorry you getting killed. Let me wash. Uh, this happened last summer, y'all. This was some of the shenanigans that was going on. And notice, how come none of them ain't got no mask on? Got a couple people with a mask, but most of them ain't got no damn mask on. This is what's going on. Look at this. They all, all these white folks sitting on the ground on their knees, washing niggas' feet. This happened last year. This happened last year. Out here with their kente cloth on. <laughs> Look at this. He over here washing. Look at this. I ain't touching no grown man. First off, I ain't washing nobody's feet, but my, but, but, but my, uh, maybe I wash my wife's foot. You know, we in here trying to do some romance stuff. And then when my, when my, when my sons were babies, I would wash their feet because obviously they're babies. I'll be damned if I'm getting down here and washing a grown man's foot or a grown woman's foot that I don't know. I'll be damned. But this was, this happened last summer. How you miss this? <laughs> So this this was going on. This is what was going on, B. Nutcase, Looney Tune crap like this. But at the same time, at the same time, you had uh, where was it at? Uh, Capital riots, right? But everybody's out here. Remember this? Everybody out here talking about all these white folks is racist, right? They're racist. These white, these aren't, let me tell you something. These aren't, there's probably some racist white people out there. Just like there's some, probably some, but, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm of the mindset <coughs> that there are more racist white people who are out here bending the knee and washing feet than there are that were over here. Because who these white folk are, the Trumps, besides them being Trump supporters, these are the white folks who are tired of being called racist every five damn seconds because they have a difference of opinion. That's who these people are. That's who they represent. These are the white folks who you, you can't, just because you see them with a Trump sticker or a bumper sticker, you automatically assume that they're racist just because they got a Trump sticker. Or if you try to talk to them and somehow the conversation comes up about police brutality or something, if they don't say exactly what you want them to say, do you automatically accuse them of being racist? These white folks is tired of that crap. Like I said, you probably have a couple of JIT racists in there, but I guarantee the overwhelming majority aren't racist. They're just, they're just tired of this damn PC culture of bending to the knee of, of, of you know doing shit like this, being so damn politically correct with every goddamn thing that you can't have a regular-ass conversation about nothing. They're the complete opposite, but I believe these people are the more racist people because they'll do all this right here for camera, for show. But, you know, they, they you know what I'm saying? They, 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 don't, they don't want this big, look, 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 this Derek Jackson looking nigga right here, right? 
they see this nigga walking down the street in their nice suburban area, they might call the cops on this nigga. Liberals. They don't want that nigga out in his area. You know what I mean? They'll come down to the hood, march all up and down your streets and convince you and everybody else to tear up and burn up your own crap. But you don't ever see them out in the burbs where they live at protesting. There's black folks that live out there too. But they don't want them niggas marching up and down their streets where they live at. But they're going to come to the hood and do all that and convince you to tear up your own crap. Those are the real racists. These white boys, they ain't burn nothing down. They And I guarantee they weren't marching up and down the streets either. Trying to wash somebody's damn foot because you black. Get out of here with this crap. So what I was saying is um, you're going to have a lot of white people tired of this crap, man, to the point where they're not going to really want to interact with black folks. And then now black people are going to like, oh, they're really racist. Well, are they really racist or are they just trying to minimize any potential liabilities of dealing with you because all you we live in a culture now all you have to do is just a white person could just blink his eyes at you too many times and you can call this person racist so just imagine you a white dude you got your little job you hire you hire some black person to come in there you asked this black person, uh, hey, could you uh could you sweep the floor? You know, you, you missed a couple pots. I need you to sweep it up a little better. You still got food on the floor. You know, we can't have food on the floor. What what if this black person be like, oh man, you just try, you ain't tell the white boys to sweep this up. You trying to do this, you trying, man, you racist, man. What you gonna do? How you gonna disprove that you're not being racist? When we when when we got the likes of Don Lemon out here. Every five minutes, he on CNN talking about white people racist, even though he go home to a white man every night. But whatever. You got the likes of Don Lemon out there, Michael Eric Dyson out there trying to trying to get recite racist rhymes. <laughs> white people is racist, y'all. White people is racist, y'all. Like, 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 shut up and speak properly, dude. And then you got Mark Lamont Hill out here and you know, all, all these Looney Tune liberals, man. Tariq Machine and everybody else. So it might get to the point where um where this dude is talking about folks I want to deal with you. And at this point, could you blame him? Could you blame him when every five seconds you gotta worry about it? Like, 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 um, like, like uh, what was the video? Remember the video of the pregnant? Uh, well, I think she was pregnant. I never did get it confirmed, but the chick that got into the altercation in the in the Chipotle parking lot. White woman, Chipotle gun, right? Remember this? This happened last year, right? Remember this? Remember this video right here? So when we first got introduced to the video, courtesy of Tariq Nasheed, that's how most of us saw it. The video opened up with the white chick pointing the gun at the black woman. And we was like, oh, damn, what's going on here? Come to find out there was another video and the video showed that it was the black women, the black woman and her daughter instigated the entire event from start to finish, instigated the entire thing. Right. But what, what ended up happening to the white chick? She gets charged with a felony. Even though she looked pregnant, 
But even though it was the black chicks smacking her vehicle, instigating the entire damn thing. When they was just trying to get in the car and leave. But she gets hit with a felony. Or what about what about the white people? White people in St. Louis holding gun in front of house. What about this couple? Y'all remember them? They tried, I don't know if they successfully did it, but they tried to charge them with a felony for standing on their own property, holding their guns because a bunch of niggas kicked up, kicked open the gate to their gated community and started marching through their community. Now you can tell by the damn house they live in, they ain't living in no damn project area. This is a house, this, this type of house probably costs a few million damn dollars. And you're going to kick in a gate to get into a community like this. I guarantee they ain't got no flimsy ass gate. But you're going to get, but they're going to charge them for standing on their own property. Because they, ain't, they don't know these niggas. These niggas don't live in this community. First and foremost, they don't kick the damn gate open, marching through your street. You, you, you seeing on the news, they burning cities down, setting stuff on fire. You don't know what the hell they finna do. Any, any sane, rational person would go into the house and get their weapons too. I don't care where you live at, what color you are. You would, you would do the same thing. But being that they's white, they got charged. <laughs> Even though they're on their own property. With a bunch of random niggas who don't live in their community marching up and down the streets. So here's what I'm saying. Y'all think what well, like let's just let's just assume that this guy owns a business, right? I'm pretty sure he probably does because look at the house he's living in. He probably owns some type of business. What do you what do you think the chances of this dude? How, how compassionate do you think this dude is going to be towards hiring a black person? Like like little Jerome coming there wanting to get a job doing something. How compassionate do you think he's you, you think you think he's gonna Look at little Jerome or little, little Keisha and be like, yeah, I'll give you a chance. Yeah, come on in here. He might he might look at them and be like, man, I wonder if they was one of the damn protesters who caused me to get arrested for because they was in there kicking down gates in my community. And I'm seeing on the news, niggas is out here tearing up streets. Because you remember, this was in St. Louis, y'all. What happened in St. Louis, y'all? Over some TVs, cuz. Over some TVs, cuz. Remember him, Officer David Dorn? He got killed in St. Louis by a black person, by this nigga right here. This nigga was already out on bail or something for attempted murder or something like that a couple years earlier. This happened in the same damn city that this happened in. And I want to say this incident with the death of him happened before this incident happened. So what you think they was thinking? You know, they in there watching the news too. It's in their city. They seeing the news about all, all the crazy crap that was going on that led to the death of this man who was trying to prevent a nigga from stealing some TVs. So now they, on, they, they in their house chilling. Next thing you know, they hear a bunch of hands up, don't shoot, Black Lives Matter chants coming down the street from a bunch of niggas 
They're like, oh, snap, they finna set it off in our neighborhood. Honey, go get the strap. Go get the strap. But now they don't got arrested because they out here exercising they uh they second amendment right trying to protect their damn property. <laughs> Why? Because they white. Why? Because we live in an era where niggas can get away with anything. You got white po- white people washing niggas' feet, B. But what y'all think? Y'all think he gonna, y'all think they're gonna be quick to hire a black person? And if they don't hire a black person, they're gonna be accused of being a racist. You racist, man. You don't want to hire a brother, man. You racist. Hey, are they really racist? Or are they just like, listen, I'm not racist, but there really is no pros to dealing with y'all. Cause if I breathe too much air in your presence, you're gonna accuse me of stealing air because I'm white. And now I'm going to get hit with lawsuits. I'm going to end up on CNN with Don Lemon talking about me. I don't want them headaches. I mean, listen, listen, Jaquarius, you seem like a nice young man. You look like you're going to go places, but I just can't take that chance, man, because I I just don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to do that, you know, or I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to potentially do to where you're going to accuse me of being a racist. And then now my business is going to go down the toilet. My reputation is going to go down the toilet all because, all because you, you, you didn't like how much air I was breathing. I just, I, I don't know if I can do this Jaquarius. I mean, I really want to, but I just can't take that chance. I can see that kind of, I can see that happening. And I, I can't really get mad at them because this whole blame everybody but black people thing is out of control. It's out of control. The, I mean, we, we're on the boy who cried wolf to the to the umpteenth degree. It's out of control. So I can see that happening. They might require blacks to get their own liability insurance. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, put yourself in the white person's shoes, man. Every five minutes, Don Lemon on TV talking about white people are racist. Every five minutes, uh, Sean King, even though he's white, out here talking about white people are racist. Every five, every minute you look up, there's a white person being accused of being racist. Everything to the point where they over here having classes teaching little kids about it's bad to be white. Go look this crap up. Let me look it up for you. Let's see. What was it? Uh, they ain't teaching this crap in school, y'all. Uh, where is it at? There was actually something. Look at this. Yes, dear. All white people are racist. <laughs> what is this? Well, this is written by black women's. <clears throat> See that? This is written uh, back in June. They just they just found a random white family, three white chicks and a baby. They all racist. You don't know nothing about these white people, but they white. <laughs> 
If I was these white folks, I'd try to figure out who the hell this person is and sue them for using my damn picture for some article like this. You don't know nothing about these people, but they're racist. White fragility. Views on race. I mean, what is this? If you okay, look at this, dear white people. If you ever said any of these things, you're part of the problem. This was written back in June. Let's go see. It's awful, but what do you mean? So, so it's a problem if a white person says it's awful, but. So let's read. It says no, no buts. In the English language, the word but is often used to deflect or to justify behavior. Police murdering black people in the street is awful. Period. In the discussion. See this crap? Police murdering black people in the street. That's awful, but wait a second. Rashard Brooks, yeah, it's awful he died, but that nigga shouldn't have shot the taser at the cop. George Floyd died, but that nigga shouldn't have been out there acting a goddamn fool when the cops came up on him. Because the other two people in the car with George Floyd, they didn't get killed. They was calm as hell. I support the uh, movement, but not the disruptive protests. So what? So, so, so if you, so basically you're a problem. If you, if you don't support niggas out there and white folks out there tearing up shit, burning businesses down, man, they can always get another business. They got insurance, man. Shut that crap up. Y'all see y'all be thinking you burn somebody's business down. All of a sudden you snap your fingers and Jake from state farm pops up out of nowhere, like a damn leprechaun and cuts you a check. That ain't how this works, man. This is why I this is why niggas get on my nerves. That's why I had to make that video earlier talking about are you actually a business person? Because let's just say you lose your business and now you got to file an insurance claim. You know what the first thing that's going to happen is the insurance adjuster is going to come out there and try to see if you actually did this crap to your own property. They're going to try to find everything in the world to see if you actually were the one who burned your own crap down to try to cash out on the insurance policy. And then if they figure out that you didn't do it and somebody legit did take it, it'll take months before you get that damn check. That's right, uh, Kay. He said it could take six to eight months or maybe even longer before you get your insurance check. So what you going to do in that six to eight months, y'all, if this was your livelihood? What you just going to do? Go get another job? Well, I mean, you're going to have to, but, you know, people act like, the, the, the insurance check comes the next day. As soon as they burn it down, the fire goes out, bam. They drop a direct deposit uh, insurance check in your bank account. No, that is not how the process works in the real world, y'all. This is why you got to get out of this, 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 this glorifying, using these, uh, getting caught up in these catchphrases because you don't understand the process. Niggas don't understand the process. They just understand catchphrases, man. Look at this. All lives matter. White lives matter, too. The fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> I used to be one of those people who thought white lives, all lives matter was wrong. But I was like, man, the hell with that. All lives matter. What? I don't, I don't want to see nobody die. Everybody that gets killed unjustly needs to, uh, there needs to be something that the person who did it needs to be held accountable, especially if it's proven to be an unjust killing. I don't give a shit what color you are. There are good cops. Yeah, there are good cops. My frat brother used to be one. There are 18,000 police departments in America, y'all. 18,000 plus police departments. 
Let's do the math here, right? We ain't got to do the math. So let's just say 18,000 police departments. Let's just say every single police department has one interaction with one black person a day. That's 18,000 interactions with black people every single day in America, right? Let's do the math. I mean, look, we got we got we got to do some numbers here. We got to crunch some numbers. I want y'all to see how stupid this crap has gotten, right? First off, let's let's get the real math. How many police departments in America? Let's let's get the actual number. All right, let's just round this off to a smooth eighteen thousand. But y'all can see it. There are 17,985 police agencies in the United States. Let's just round that off to a smooth 18,000. All right. Let's just say every police department in America has one interaction with one black person every single day. That's 18,000 interactions every day. How many days are in a year? 365. So in one year, in one year, you would have 6,570,000 interactions with black people. If every police department in America had one interaction with one black person every single day for a full calendar year, that would come out to be 6.5 million interactions with black people, right? How many black people were killed by police in 2020? Let's find the 2020 numbers. All right, who's blue? Oh, here go black. All right, hold up. All right, 2020, right? All right, so the number of people shot to death by the police in the year 2020 that were black, 226. 226 people were shot by a cop or killed by a cop that were black in the year 2020. 226 people, right? Where's my calculator? Two hundred twenty-six divided by six million five hundred seventy thousand. Look at this, y'all. You got a. This is this is this is the percentage. This this is the odds of you getting killed by a cop, y'all. This this is this is this is the chances of you getting killed by a police. What is this? Tenth, hundredth, thousandth, hundred, wait, ten thousandth, hundred. I don't know. I can't, I don't know what the hell this translates into. But let's matter of fact, let's 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 take this number and let's figure out the uh decimal to percentage. What is the percentage? I don't let's see. It's, 
There you go. This is your this is the this is the chances of you being killed right here. Uh point zero zero three four all that crap percent, right? That's the chances of you being killed by a cop. Out of 18,000 police departments. Let me let me let me explain this one more time in case you missed it. We round this out to 18,000. That's how many police departments are across America. We just assume that every police department has at least one interaction with one black person every single day for 365 days out of the year. That comes out to be, uh, where's my calculator? That comes out to be 6,570,000 interactions in one year. 2020, according to Statista, 226 black people were shot and killed by a cop. This is your odds of being killed by a cop, y'all. Right here. This, this is your percentage odds right here. A point zero zero three four percent Those are your odds, y'all. You ain't even at a 1%. You ain't even at a half a percent. But that's enough to justify you running around tearing up the streets. You out here kicking in, you got I here got white people all terrified. That is enough. That small percentage is enough for you as a black person to have uh, 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 free range to run around here calling white people racist every five minutes. Shout out to David Little. He says, let's not forget about the old ninjas. Yeah, them too. But that's enough. That small percentage, this tiny number is enough for you to run around here calling white folks racist every five minutes and LeBron James out here talking about they hunting us every five minutes. Oh, man, George Floyd happened every day. No, the hell it don't. Not according to the math. Look, math is your friend. Math is your friend. Math is universal. Math goes across all languages and cultures, y'all. I just did the math live on camera for you. Math is your friend. How is they all hunting us and killing us when this is what the actual number translates into? How, how does that how does that even make sense? What the hell do you mean you're scared to go outside? Look at the chance. Listen, you probably got a greater chance of being hit by a car than getting killed by a cop. You probably got a greater chance of hitting the Powerball. You probably got a greater chance of sleeping with Beyonce than getting killed by a cop. Like, like what are we talking about here? But that none of that, none of this matters. Math don't matter. Logic don't matter. What matters is emotions. This is an emotional movement driven by a bunch of Negroes who are who are trying to shift the narrative and trying to establish black supremacy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so that's like that's like RBR winning a lawsuit with YouTube. Super facts. <laughs> but that small percentage, that is enough to have white folks washing your feet. That's enough to have white folks, you accusing white folks of being racist because they trying to defend their property because just a week or so earlier or whatever, they saw they saw a bunch of niggas uh, killing, uh, killing people over TVs in their city. <laughs> 
They on they over there watching the news and niggas out there burning the streets up. But they racist because they see a bunch of niggas kick the gate over, coming to their neighborhood, and they don't know what the hell to think. They don't know now one of you niggas. So they go out there and grab the chopper, grab the little pea shooter, grab the strap. They like, I don't know, I don't know these niggas. I ain't never seen them a day in my life. They over here kicking the gate in, marching in front of my house. I need to go grab the strap and protect it because it might be it might be finna going about, about to go down up in here. And can you get mad at them? You would do the same thing. If a bunch of niggas kicked, if a bunch of niggas was marching down your street right now, after you just got finished watching the news and them tearing some shit up, I don't care where you live in the trailer park, in the hood, I don't care where you live. And you see a bunch of niggas marching down your street, kicking over trash cans or doing whatever, you might go, you might go strap up too. Because you don't know what's about to go down. That's just common sense. But you'll get, but if you're white, you'll get accused of being a racist. So it makes sense to me that we might be moving in an era towards towards an environment where um you got white folks out here who are like, listen, it's just not in my benefit to do business with you. It's not in my benefit to hire you because at any moment you could turn around and just call me racist. You show up for work 30 seconds late. And if I say something, I'm going to be accused of being a racist because you clocked in 30 seconds late. <laughs> Like, I'm not racist, but I asked you to be here at 8 o'clock. Not 8, not 8 o'clock in 30 seconds, but 8 o'clock. You racist, man. I'm not racist, but I expect you to be here at 8 o'clock on the dot, ready to go. I got a business to run. <laughs> but this is how this works, y'all. So... I think that could be a possibility because white folks is fed up with it. Like I said, you got you got some that are they'll wash your feet, but this is just all virtual signal. They want to come across to be we're the good white people, we're the good ones. Uh, come over here, little Negro. We'll hide you under the we'll hide you in our closets, Negro, from the slave catchers. We're the good white people. You go over there hiding their closets. Soon as the soon as the uh, the slave catchers go away, all right, niggers. I need you to. Oh no, you're not going anywhere. I need you to go out there and get to them feet. Like, come on, man. These are these are the most evil ones. But these white folks over here, oh, these Trump, these MAGAs, these are a bunch of white folks who are tired of this bullshit. They're tired of political correctness. They're tired of you calling them racist every five seconds because they 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 decide to support Donald Trump. <laughs> I supported Trump too. Am I racist? <laughs> You half white. Well, I'm half racist then. Shit. They believe in, hey, we might want to put a damn border up. What's wrong with a border? What's wrong with a wall? Every other country got a border that they enforce. Why can't we enforce it? Take your ass up to Canada and see if you can get into Canada if you got a felony. If you got a felony or something, they ain't going to let you in Canada. And Canada is America light. Canada is America's little brother. You can't even get into Canada with a felony. They enforce theirs. Why can't we enforce ours? It makes sense. 
I don't see what the problem is. I ain't a fan of all these illegals coming over here. It's not because I'm worried they're going to take my job. I'm just like, I don't want to be paying taxes on a bunch of people who don't pay taxes. I don't want to be taking care. I don't, I don't even like taking care of niggas on welfare. You know what I'm saying? With my tax money. But now I got to take care of uh, Shaquita, Shaquita Banana and all them. I'm just saying, man, like, B, they come over here and get free stuff. Yeah, they'll work. I'm not saying that they don't work. They do work. I'm getting my house painted right now, y'all. The inside of my house is getting painted. Guess who was getting painted by? Some Mexicans who can't speak English. <laughs> like, man, listen, they they some good workers. Why don't you find some black ones? Because I couldn't. They, they, they're good. Hey, look, Mexicans are the truth when it comes to slapping houses up and doing home improvement. I'm, I'm just not going to front. But so I got some Mexicans in my house. Painting up my house, slapping some paint on the walls. My, you know, I got one wall in my house. That's just like 30. That's just got to be about 30 feet high. As soon as I walk, as soon as you walk through my front door, there's a wall to the left from the floor to the ceiling. It's got to be about a good 30 feet. I ain't painting that and risking breaking my neck. I got Juan Diego out there doing that. And he's doing a good job so far. So, look, I'm not saying that they're lazy and they're not going to work, but I'm just saying it's a lot of them coming over here that, you know, they're, they're not they're not they're not on paper in the system. But guess what? They hurt. They mess around and get a boo boo, go to the hospital. Well, guess what? They ain't got no insurance. That's going to get paid out of my damn taxes, man. Yeah. Let them tell it. I'm racist. I got Mexicans painting my walls now. How am I racist? I got one cutting my grass. I pay him a hundred dollars every month. How am I racist? I ain't negotiate. He told me that's the price. I was like, all right, bet it up. He do a good job. How am I racist? <laughs> I'm Mexican too. I guess as soon as I learn how to speak Spanish, I'm Mexican all day long. But I'm on paper. I'm legal. I'm a, I'm a citizen. I was born here. You know what I mean? So this is what's going on, man. You just caping for the white people. Nah, I'm caping for common sense. I'm caping for common sense because, look, I just showed you. I just did the math. How can you dispute the math, y'all? What's the saying? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. I just did the math in real time. How can you dispute the math? This is... This is this is the chances of you being killed by a racist cop, y'all. How can you dispute this math? I did it in front of your face, y'all. How can you dispute this? In case you need a the recap, 18,000 police departments, one interaction with one black person by every department. Multiply that by 365. That comes out to be 6.57 million interactions with black people. 2020, 226 black people killed by cops. Divide that by the total number of interactions. This is the chances in 2020 of you being killed by a cop. But look at the narrative. They hunting us. The numbers don't prove it. The math does not prove it, y'all. The math don't prove it. 
This is, this is mathematics. This is why you got to take, this is why when you go to school, you got you to pay attention to math class. You learn this type of math in like second or third grade. This ain't calculus. This ain't trigonometry. This ain't geometry. This ain't algebra. This is just straight multiplication and division. You learn this in like first, second, first or second grade. This is math. The numbers don't prove it. The numbers do not prove the narrative, y'all. I just did it for you live on camera. You can't dispute it. Like, I mean, I, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm legit serious. Like, how could anybody disagree with the math? I just did it. This ain't no Calvin candy with the little bumps in the back of the skull, math. <laughs> this ain't no IQ Nazi Germany stuff. This is just straight mathematics that they've been doing since, since uh, ancient Egypt. The same math. Same type of math they used to build the Great Pyramids with. Well, they use other stuff, but this is the basis for all the other complicated math. Because you can't do algebra, trigonometry, calculus without doing without learning how to add and multiply, subtract, and divide numbers. This is the base level math. You know what I mean? So where they, where, where they at, though? But like I say, this small, this ridiculously small number right here, this ridiculously small number is all the justification you need as a black person to go out there and just act a complete ass. And start burning down cities. Defund the police. You see how that's working? That's resulting in a bunch of crime all over the place. Man, white people's racist, man. This small number. Police coming out here to get us, man. This super small number is all the justification you need. You ain't even got a half of, you ain't even got a half a percent. That's all the justification you need as a black person to go out there and just act an ass and start blaming white folks on literally everything. And if you can get it on camera, even better. So I say that to say, don't be surprised if this, if this begins to start backfiring because white folks is getting tired of this crap. <clears throat> and you already say they controlled every damn thing. Well, if they do, don't be surprised if they start throwing your resume in the trash if they detect that you're a black person. And not because you got a ghetto name, but maybe it's just something else. I don't know. Or if they see you coming in, they make up an excuse, especially if you're a young-looking black person because they, they they might let the older ones go slide. You know, people my age and older, we might be able to get away with it. But you young niggas out there, you, you youngins that are under 40 years old, y'all know my philosophy. Everybody under the age of 40 makes up racism. Well, I'll put it like this. Everybody under the age of 30, I'll, I'll let some of y'all between the age. Okay, if you were born in 1990, so that means if you're 30 and under, all of y'all make up racism. Every last one of y'all make up racism. In order for me to believe that racism actually happens to a person who was born in 1990, I'm going to need to see evidence, hardcore evidence. I'm going to need to see somebody swinging from a tree, standing next to somebody in some robes. That's the only way I'm going to believe it. I don't believe anybody that's that's that was born in 1990 or later 
when they out here talking about racism. I need to see some hardcore, undeniable Jim Crow proof. I need to see some Mississippi burning proof. Because I don't believe you. I was born in 80, so all the 80s babies, we the last generation that get to run around here talking about there's some racism. Everybody from 1990 and later, you're lying. You are flat out liars. I need to see some hardcore proof. You are lying as far as I'm concerned. You're lying for social media attention. That's right. I need to see some Mississippi burning proof around here. That's what I need. I don't believe none of you. Y'all, y'all, y'all came up in the air of, of, just all type of technology, man. Smartphones, the internet, all that stuff. I don't want to hear your woe is me crap. The problem with a lot of you knuckleheads that were born after the 90s, y'all are lazy as hell. You just don't want to work for nothing. You Everything is a goddamn handout. You expect to be handed everything. You want to you wanna earn $15 an hour just to flip a fucking hamburger. And then you can't even get the order right. Go listen to my man Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero 3639 YouTube channel. He just got finished telling this story about the McDonald's around the corner from his house. And now this, this story has convinced him that maybe black people are slow in terms of IQ. Sub-Zero say he go to this McDonald's damn near once a week to go get his son a Happy Meal. He says he pulls up to the drive-thru once a week, been doing this for months, and it's always the same black dude that's working the window. Sub-Zero says, hey, man, I want to get a Happy Meal, and I want to get some apple slices. My son likes apple slices. Sub-Zero says every time he goes to pay for the food and then go to the second window to get his, his Happy Meal, Sub-Zero says the nigga that hands him the Happy Meal always never puts the damn apple slices in the damn Happy Meal box. And he's like, he knows this dude recognizes him. He says, Sub-Go says, I go there once a week. Been doing this for months. Every single time I order the same crap for my son, this nigga never puts the damn apple slices in the Happy Meal box. But you want this Negro to make $15 an hour when he can't put apple slices in a damn box for a nigga he sees at least once a week that orders the same damn thing? But he deserves $15 an hour? Are you serious? This was going on. But that'll be the same nigga that I hop up on social media and talk about how the white man holding him back. 
He can't get no opportunity. No, nigga, you don't know how to put fucking apple slices in a box. You're holding you back. All you got to do is read the damn ticket. Go pull some apple slices out the damn refrigerator. Put them in the damn box. Nobody's holding you back. So no, you were born 1990 or later. I don't believe crap you got to say about racism. You better show me some hardcore. You better put me in a time machine and take me back to Jim Crow. I don't believe it. The numbers don't even, the numbers ain't even on your side with the police. But man, they killed 226. Yeah, hey, I don't know what the scenario is. I'm pretty sure all 226 weren't weren't unjustified. I'm willing to bet out of the 226 that got killed in 2020, I'm willing to bet about 200 of them niggas probably deserved it. I'm willing to bet about 200 of them niggas deserved it. The other 26, they was probably legit. Who knows? And guess what? The, the cops need to go deal with them niggas. I mean, the, the law, the, the, the court system, you need to go deal with them. But I'm willing to bet about 200 of them niggas probably brought it on themselves and deserved it because they out here shooting tasers at people. They out here operating a trap house, pretending, got everybody thinking you in there just sleeping innocent, but you in there, you, you, the, you the damn bank for a trap house. Cops been watching your ass for months. Why? How did they discover you, Brianna? Oh, because you driving a rental car with a dead body in it. <laughs> who who goes, hey, when the last time y'all went out there to rent a car and, and, and it just had a dead body in it, y'all? When the last time that happened? I've rented a car quite a few times in my life. I can't ever recall a dead body being in one car that I rented. Can't ever recall it. I ain't never had a dead body in my car. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But last time y'all went to the corner store and tried to pass off some fake money. And then instead of after you pass the fake money off, you go back to your car and sit in the car across the street from the store that you just gave some fake money to. And then the guy calls the cops, walks outside, and you still sitting in the goddamn car across the street from where you just passed off some fake money. And the cop goes out there and tries to talk to you peacefully. And you start acting erratic. To the point where you asked to be placed on the ground, but you still acting uncontrollable. So now they got to put the knee on the back of your neck because that's what they were trained to do, which is in their which was in their training manual at the time. Yeah, the optics look bad, but once you see the complete story, you're like, oh well, shit. They was trying to put him in the back of the car. He asked to be put on the ground, and you high as hell off all kind of drugs. And then, yeah, unfortunately, you expire. And let's not mention, why were you why were you out on bail? Didn't you go to jail for putting a pistol in the stomach of a pregnant woman? 
Or Rashard Brooks, why were you out on bail? You went to jail for abusing kids, nigga. Then you get out because of this whole COVID thing. Then you riding around drunk. So drunk, you fall asleep in the drive-thru at a Wendy's, nigga. How drunk do you got to be to fall asleep in the drive-thru? He could have killed some people like that, driving drunk. That shit is serious. Then they get you out. You want to fight the cops, take the taser, shoot it at them, and then get shot? But I'm supposed to be mad and tearing up the streets and pretending like cops is out here hunting niggas down every five seconds? The math ain't adding up, baby. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. So out of them 226, I'm willing to bet 200 of them niggas probably deserved it. They brought it on themselves. Just take your L. You got caught. Because like I said with George Floyd, there were two other people in the car. There was a man in the passenger seat and a woman in the back. They got they was cooperating. They stepped out the vehicle, ain't acting ass. To my knowledge, they still alive. To my knowledge, they I don't know if they went to jail or not, but to my knowledge, they still breathing air. They was in the same car with this nigga. How come they were capable of following the commands and doing what the cops say, but George Floyd couldn't? It was two other people in the, what, the, the car with him. But I'm supposed to get mad and, and, and want to go out there and support a bunch of niggas tearing up streets, tearing up buildings that taxpayers got to pay for? Oh, Breonna Taylor. She got her little lawsuit from the city. George Floyd, he just won another lawsuit from the city on top of the GoFundMe, but the lawsuit from the city, taxpayers got to pay that. So, so now my taxes got to go towards funding your, your criminal activities that I don't even want to be associated with because the numbers don't justify it. The numbers don't justify it. How do I get this thing off? If this thing was like, if this thing was like 1%, let's just say this thing was at a solid 10%. I'd be like, hey, that's too much. What's going on here? 10%? Nigga, look at this thing. This thing is at 0.0034%, y'all. This ain't even a half a percent. I don't even think this thing is a half of a half of a percent. The numbers ain't like the numbers don't justify this ignorance out here. It says protect Asians. <laughs> don't even get me started on that. You know why? You know why all these Asians are getting uh getting smacked upside the head by niggas? Because y'all want to defund the police. <laughs> you defund the police. Matter of fact. Defund Tatiana, you out in Atlanta? Ain't Buckhead, I mean, I'm familiar with Atlanta. I used to go out there all the time, but ain't Buckhead the affluent part of uh, Atlanta? You know, like T.I. got a house out there somewhere. All your favorite rappers probably live out there. What's going on Buckhead right now? Crime is out of control in Buckhead. Remember, Ludacris got carjacked out there recently. Tyrese got his car stole out there recently. Crime is out of control. Why? Because y'all want to defund the police over this number right here. This, this small 
this super small number is responsible for defunding the police, y'all. Right here. But now crime is creeping into them, them areas with money. There was a little girl who got shot. What was it? Outside of Lenox Mall or some, some high-end store in, in Buckhead. Niggas got gunfights going on out there. Little black girl caught one to the dome about, about two months ago or something like that. Oh, y'all want to talk about the white dude, the white dude that went on the shooting spree, right? Killed, uh, shot up them Asian, uh, them Asian massage parlors. Oh, white supremacy. All right, well, what about what about these niggas right here, B? Because I'm about to show y'all. What about what about in Indianapolis, right? Um, rapper kills family Indianapolis. What about this? Remember this story? This happened in January, right? This kid, like 17, 18-year-old kid, this nigga laid out his entire family because his dad said he couldn't stay out late. He went in and got a Draco, which is this thing, shot up his entire family and his brother's pregnant girlfriend. Shot one of his brothers, his other the, the one of his brothers survived, thank God, and lived to tell what happened because this nigga couldn't stay out past his curfew. You barely ain't even hear nothing about it. A couple weeks later, or a couple months later, in the same city, same city, stimulus check. This nigga right here killed his entire family. Over a stimulus check. Same city, y'all. Indianapolis. Happened this year. His baby mama didn't want to give him half the stimulus check because this nigga ain't got no job. She give him like 400 out of it just because. This nigga grows and grabs the piece and lays the entire family out. He ain't kill his little baby girl, thank God. But he killed everybody else. But here's the here's the reason why I'm bringing this up. So when the white dude went and killed all them Asians, right? Oh, man, I see Sean King say something. It was like, oh man, he's still alive after that. <laughs> they doing him like Dylan Roof. Did they buy him a? Did they buy him a Happy Meal? So you know we got this narrative going on that only only white people survive when they do horrendous crimes. This nigga still alive, y'all. This nigga killed his entire family, still breathing. This dude right here, he's still alive, y'all. Killed his entire family, he's still breathing. You know why he's still breathing? You know why the other dude is still breathing? Because when the cops came up on him, he put his hands up and surrendered. You know, that's what actually happens, y'all. If you get in trouble with the law and you just put your hands up and surrender, you're going to live. There's like an astronomically high chance you're going to live. Don't matter what race you are. That's just the way it works. So I wish y'all would stop with this. Man, black peoples, when, when the cops come, we always get killed. No, you don't. These niggas killed their entire family. And when the cops came up on them, they surrendered. Put their hands up, follow the commands, and now they're breathing air 
sitting in jail somewhere. They weren't like your man. What's your man up in Philadelphia? What that nigga name is? Walter uh, Wallace. Was it Walter Wallace? Yeah, they ain't like this nigga. This happened last year in October. They ain't out here chasing the cops with a damn butcher knife in the streets. After, after the cops got called on him because he was in there whooping on his mama. His mama right here, this nigga was beating his own mother, y'all. Beating up his own mother. Cops got called. I don't know who called the cops. Probably the mama. Cops come out there. He out there chasing the cops around with a damn knife. And then he gets shot. And then they protest over this nigga getting shot. As if they didn't see the video of this nigga chasing the cops with a knife. After the cops were called because he was whooping on his own mama. But we supposed to tear up the cities, y'all. We supposed to call white people racist every five seconds over this small number right here. Over this number right here. Don't y'all see how stupid this is? Don't y'all see how ignorant? Don't y'all see how ignorant the overall community has gotten? Don't y'all see it? How can you not see it? It's like black folks' intellect is literally on a decline. I don't know if that's because of the educational system or it's because of how social media just puts these things in your face over and over to make it seem like it's more than what's actually taking place. When it's not, they're just showing you the same images over and over again. When in reality, the numbers don't, 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 uh, don't justify it. So to get back to the original point, hell yeah, I can see white people getting fed up with this crap. I'm fed up with it. I can see white people getting fed up with it and want to be like, listen, I just can't take this chance, man. I just can't take the chance of doing, interacting with you, doing business with you. Because I don't want nobody coming through and burning my business down. I don't want to be splashed all over social media as a racist because I say something that you don't like, even though it wasn't racist. But being that I'm white, you're going to assume it's racist. And people are going to assume it's racist. So, yeah, I can see white folks getting sick of this crap. Niggas are sick of this. We sick of this crap. Those of us who don't co-sign this crap, we tired of it. Them niggas don't represent me. Black Lives Matter don't represent me. That's why I'm glad I look like I'm Hispanic. <laughs> I, I can blend in and out. Those of you who ain't mixed and who ain't light skin, you know, y'all got it rougher than me. Because everybody's just going to assume you're down with BLM. Everybody's just going to like, like, take my man Defund Tatiana, dark skin dude. Take my man K Business Podcast, dark skin dude. They're just going to automatically assume that y'all are down with that crap. They're going to automatically assume you're one of these niggas right here <laughs> who supports this crap. Just because you're black, you're a readily identifiable black person. 
I'm not a readily identifiable black person. Like, as, as in legit. Like, most people think I'm Spanish. As a matter of fact, my boss didn't even know. My boss asked me something the other day, about a week or so ago. They was like, hey, they need a translator. I was like, uh, I'm looking around like, okay, what you telling me for? Don't you speak Spanish? No, I don't speak Spanish. I thought you were Spanish. No, I ain't Spanish. <laughs> but that happens to me all the time. Everybody swears I'm Spanish. Nobody knows I'm half white, half black. Everybody swears I'm Spanish because I, I legit look Spanish. And, and plus, there's a high Spanish population down here where I live at in Florida. So it just it is what it is. So I can get away with it. I, I can I can I can blend in with other people. Those of you who are readily identifiable, y'all got a problem. Yeah, Juan, Juan Dizzle, y'all got a problem. Everybody's going to assume that you are down, that, that you're another black person who thinks all white people are racist, that, that you might scream racism every five seconds. You know what I mean? That's, that's what y'all got to deal with. Why? Because of these, these ignorant Derek Jackson looking niggas right here. So I kind of feel for y'all on that, but I can't do nothing about that. Only y'all can fix that 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 issue. Those of you who are readily identifiable. What up? Uh, what up, Clutch? My man Clutch in the house. Y'all go support Clutch. <coughs> but I mean, in, in matter of fact, Clutch got a video talking about this. He got a he got a video titled "The Three Fates of Black Society." I suggest y'all go check it out. Where he talks about, you know, light skinned biracials like like myself, you know, it might get to the point we're gonna break off and become our own our own group. Which is kind of, you know, the wheels are already kind of in motion for that to happen now, believe it or not. There's like there's like some there's like a whole bunch of people trying to make that actually happen. And it's actually on the census form. I go check a census form. Guess what? There, there's an option saying two or more. What are you, two or more races? Are you mixed race? I can man. Listen, y'all don't understand something. I can check. Y'all y'all do realize I can check four different boxes on the census form. Y'all know that, right? I'm a unique I'm a unique nigga in America. I can check the black box. I can check the mixed box. I can check the two or more races box. And guess what? I can check the white box too, in case you guys didn't know that. There's no law in America saying I can't check white. I can check white. I can, I can I can probably have that put on my goddamn birth certificate. Why? I'm half white. Are you going to tell me I can't check something I'm ha I, I am half of? What about the, the one drop rule? Nigga, we ain't living in 1865. I can check white. You know how I can check white? I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you right now. Everybody know this motherfucker right here, right? Everybody know, everybody know this. Who, who this right here? This is George Zimmerman, y'all. George Zimmerman, half white, half Spanish or whatever. It say white on his birth certificate. I can check white too. I can do it too. I'm only like a shade or two darker than him. <laughs> I can check white too. So... Ain't no law saying I can't. I can check it too. So I can check. I can check like four boxes because technically all four boxes fit me. 
So I'll be looking at it confused. Like, what do I check? On my birth certificate, it says black. <laughs> but, you know, I was born in 1980. Today, we're not in 1980 no more. Shit's changed. So I can check all kind of stuff. I just be, I, I be just, I just, I just close my eyes and, 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 and do any, meeny, miny, mo. That's what the hell I check. You know what I'm saying? You say why Florida ain't got that, ain't got that dude. You know why they ain't got him? Cause, 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 uh, they ain't got him. Cause niggas, niggas ain't niggas are scared of him. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do to George? George, when, George, when, when Trayvon die? When, when did Trayvon, what year was that? Because that's when BLM started right after Trayvon. So this happened in 2012. We're talking about 11 years ago. 11, dude, it's been that, that y'all, can y'all believe it's been 11 years since Trayvon Martin got killed? Can y'all believe it? It don't even seem like it was that long ago. It's been literally over a decade, y'all. Well, not a decade, no, not 11 years. My math is wrong. Nine years, my bad. It's been nine years. We about to hit 10 years, y'all, next year. We hit nine. It don't even seem that long ago. It seemed like it was like two years ago. It's been nine years. Yeah, I know, uh, Defun, I just corrected myself on my math. <laughs> don't, be, don't be over here trying to correct my math. I'm G. Dizzle. It's been nine years. George Zimmerman been out here nine years doing whatever the hell he want to do, signing Signing autographs on Skittle bags, going to gun shows, taking pictures. Shout out to uh, K for the 10. Appreciate that. It ain't like he hard to find. Niggas ain't going to get him. Because niggas ain't about that life, man. Like everybody tough, everybody talk tough on the internet. If Niggas ain't going to do nothing to George Zimmerman, B. If anything ever happened to George, it's going to be done by another white person. That's, that's how it's going to be. George Zimmerman can walk through the hood tomorrow. Ain't no nigga out there going to touch him. Ain't nobody going to do nothing to George Zimmerman. But they'll do, but niggas will do something to you. You, you got niggas on here talking about catch a flight every other day. Catch a flight, catch a flight. I wish a nigga would catch a flight and come see me in Raleigh, North Carolina. That nigga, you got you got that going on out there, right? You got that going on in some capacity in every city. You know what I mean? Niggas ain't doing nothing, George. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. Here we go. Catch a flight. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Catch a flight airlines. Fly the angry way. Catch a flight airlines. Why are black people so afraid of white people? Black folks are scared of white people because black people need white people. <laughs> black folks need white people. <clears throat> Much crap as black folks talk about white people and how the system needs to be uh, uh overrun and and rebuilt and all this crap black folks scared you you, you destroy this system what niggas gonna do listen i've already did the video there's an entire country in africa called liberia that was created for ex-slaves 
They got they got a flag that looks damn near like the American flag. They speak English over there. That's English is the national language. Ain't nobody trying to go over there. You can go over there and get dual citizenship right now just because you are a descendant of a slave. You can have dual citizenship in the U.S. and Liberia. Ain't nobody trying to go over there and catch that flight because niggas need white people. You take white people out the mix, niggas is starving, B. Who going to sign your paychecks? Remember we had the, I did the video earlier today. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. I own a business. You a boss. What If you don't sign the front of a paycheck, you ain't no boss. Well, hold up. Hold up. Wait a second. Let's see if I can find. Hold on. Let's see. There's an article I did. Let's see. Hold on. Hold up. Let's 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 find something here. Hold on. Give me a second. Here we go. All right. Okay. Hold up. So listen, I did. I listen. Y'all thought I was lying, right? So I did my last live stream earlier today talking about black owned businesses, trying to figure out if niggas is really bosses out here because you signing paychecks. Well, look at this. This is a, this, this is a black demographics. This is a, a favorite website that's quoted in the black manosphere, right? This is a this is a website that's that's often quoted fairly often in in a, in, a, in the manosphere. Look at this. In case y'all thought I was out here making stuff up. Black-owned businesses with no employees. Two million nine hundred and fifty-one thousand. Black-owned businesses with employees. Between 2012 and 2017, it was a total of 124,000 that did that that had employees. So between 2012 and 2017, I think they I think they adjusted the numbers. But anyways, the numbers are still about the same. You got like over two million, close to three million black-owned businesses in America. Only 124,000 of them had employees. 2.9 million of them didn't have employees. So what does that mean? The overwhelming majority of people that have businesses in, in a black who are black and owned businesses in America, they created a job for themselves, y'all. And look, I'm not like, like once again, I say there's nothing wrong with that, but since we're having this boss talk and how it relates to what Grace was saying, well, here's the thing, Grace. You take white people away, who's gonna hire you? It's only it's only out of all the black owned businesses in America, it's only a hundred thousand of them niggas hard hiring people. Three million black owned businesses, only a hundred thousand can hire you. So who gonna hire you, Grace? If you take white people away. You say, why are black people so afraid of white people? It's because niggas need white people. Who gonna who gonna who gonna who gonna sign your paycheck so you can feed yourself? So you can go get some rims. 
Or you can go do this. You can go do that. They'll let you, they'll let you pop off at the mouth a little bit. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like my son or both my kids. They'll pop off. My oldest son will talk a little slick every now and then. My youngest son, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll, 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 he'll do what a six-year-old is supposed to do and act out. But they know at the end of the day, they still need me to pay the mortgage and put food in that refrigerator. So white folks, they'll, they'll let you go out there, cut up a little bit. They'll let you go out there and, you know, burn a couple buildings down and, and pretend like, and pretend like cops is hunting you every five seconds. They'll, they'll let you do that. They'll even let you go get a couple white people fired. They'll let you go out there and start accusing white people of being racist and, and, and got white people bending the knee. They'll let you do all that because they know you're just acting out. You don't know any better. You're like, you're like my six-year-old son. You don't know any better. You're just doing what little kids are supposed to do. Parent and white people are black people's parents, y'all. And if, if you guys don't have kids, you won't understand it. But as a parent, you let your kids do things. You're not, you're not just always stone cold disciplining your kids every five seconds. You know, as they get a little older, you'll let them express themselves a little bit. You might even let them say a slick thing or two here and there. And then if they get too far out of line, you come, you got to go through and pop them. But that's how that's how parents treat their kids. Well, in black society, we're children. The overall cultural mentality of black America is infantile. It's infantile. So you remove white daddy. Everybody talks about white daddy, but white daddy is a real thing. I told you every last one of y'all are Negro pins, but white daddy is a real thing, right? You take white daddy away. What does white daddy do? White daddy, whether you like this country or not, they set up all the institutions in this country. They set up all the banking. They set up all the laws. They, all the damn industries that we are, that we're in. They own all the sports teams. They own all the music labels. Yeah, Jay-Z rich, but Jay-Z wouldn't be rich if he didn't sign a record deal and get a distribution deal. Master P wouldn't be rich if he didn't get that distribution deal. I mean, he'd be rich, but he wouldn't be rich like he is today if it wasn't for Priority Records giving him a distribution deal. He still, he still would have been out there selling stuff out the trunk. He'd be rich, but not rich like he is now. They control everything. That's by design or whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's, that's, that's currently how we operate. And then you look at our overall culture. What, what's going on out there in Baltimore, Kay? Didn't they just have a news story of a high school in Baltimore where every student is failing? It's so bad at that one school. Matter of fact, the, and here's the crazy thing about that story. Y'all know what the name of the high school is? The high school's name is Fail, <laughs> as in literally. The, the, the person they named the high school after, his last name is Fail, F-E-L-L. I just find that so funny that the school that the person is named after the last name is fail F E L L. And every child in that school is failing to the point where you got a kid who has a zero point something GPA and he's considered to be in the middle of his 
class in terms of his grades. And it's so bad his mama acting like she ain't know. Your son is a senior in high school about to get sent back to the ninth grade and you ain't you ain't know? What, you don't check your son's report cards? My son's in the ninth grade right now. Every quarter, I'm looking at report cards. And if them grades ain't up to par, I got to go in there and handle business with him. Because we not, we not failing up in here. How you a mother and you don't know what the hell your child is doing? And I don't want to hear this. His, his daddy ain't around. Hey, it is what it is. We can go to the whole, you should have picked better. But collectively, this is across the board. This ain't just Baltimore. Go to any black school in any city in America. It's the same story over and over. Niggas ain't doing homework. My man, Sub-Zero, he talks about this all the time. He pulls up graphs and charts saying that there's been actual studies done that show that black kids spend on average like 20 minutes a day doing homework. White kids spend on average like, I don't know, like 40 minutes. And Asian kids spend on average like 90 minutes a day doing homework or something like that. And you wonder why all these other groups are kicking ass? They out there studying, B. They're out there learning how to do basic, simple math like this. That's why you don't see the Asians and white folks out here crying over this super small number because they know how to do fucking math, man. They know how to look at math and be like, oh, yeah, 226 people did die. I get it. But the chances of you being killed to the point where you're out here on social media talking about you got to worry about if a cop going to get you if you get pulled over. The numbers don't justify that bullshit, man. They do math. They're outperforming black people. I don't want to hear this crap about black women being the most educated. If your shit ain't in STEM, what are you talking about? STEM is where it's at. Or if you ain't got a skill, uh, you, you're a certified laborer, skilled laborer, what are you talking about? That's that's where it's at. Like, what are we talking about here? So, yeah, black people are children. You need white daddy. What are you going to do without him? Who going to hire you? Niggas been talking about we need to create black-owned businesses for years. Jason Black, Tariq Nasheed, Boyce Watkins, they've been talking about this for years. Nigga, it's three million black-owned businesses out there. But only 100,000 of them can actually hire you. 100,000 can't hire every black person in America, B. Everybody else just created a job for themselves, which means they're not even making enough money to where they can hire somebody. And then if they did, you want to you want to vote for politicians that want to bump the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. How are you going to afford to hire somebody if you barely making enough money and now you got to pay somebody $15 an hour minimum? But your business ain't really making money like that. 
Because let's stop fronting. All these businesses here, y'all think these are all a bunch of Amazons? Man, this is a bunch of barbershops, beauty salons, T-shirt shops, car washes or something. I, I don't know. It, listen, we're not talking about some major corporations here. There ain't, no, ain't a bunch of grocery stores in here. It ain't a bunch of fast food spots. You might have some mom and pop chicken coop style spots. But I mean, can we be real? So of course you're going to need white people. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You don't, you don't, you, niggas don't really take education seriously. Well, you can't compete in this society, man, if you don't take education seriously and not some BS education. I'm talking about education in STEM. We live, we're, we're moving more and more to an advanced tech society, y'all. You got Elon Musk out here experimenting with pigs to try to put computers in their brains. What do you think that, what, what do you think he's doing all that for? Because they're going to try to figure out how to put one in your brain. I just saw a video the other, uh, earlier today. Scientists have figured out how to communicate with people in their dreams. So you're in, this is imagine you you taking a nap or not even a nap. You doing lay down and went to sleep. You're in REM sleep, rapid eye movement. Scientists have figured out a way to communicate with you inside of your goddamn dream, man. Have successfully done it. Go look it up. This is stuff we talking about. This is stuff they on. We on some man, white people racist all five minutes. They are they nigga, they out here making they, they out here turning the movie Inception into a reality. If you never seen Inception with um Leonardo DiCaprio, it's a very good movie. Go watch it. They are literally communicating with people inside of their dreams, bruh. I heard a story. One dude say he was dreaming, and the doctor was talking to him. And he heard the doctor's voice coming through the radio in his dream. And then actually responded to the doctor. Like the doctor asked him to do something like, what's, what's, uh, what's eight minus six? And the dude like moved his finger up and down two times to let him know what the answer was. While he was in rapid eye movement sleep, REM sleep. This is shit they on. So, so what are we even what, what conversation are we having over here? What are we even existing in the same reality? What conversation are we having here? This is why. You got niggas spend all day long crying about relationships on YouTube. Like, like, like Obsidian. He did a video today. Is this the end of the jawline Negro because of Derek Jackson? As if, as if a bunch of women are going to flock to a 50 year old nigga who uh, yells in his echo box online all day crying about black women. Like, like, like he's going to move to the top of the line <laughs> because one nigga messed up with his wife. <laughs> now it's over with for every other, every other nigga out there with a jawline. Get the hell out of here. This this is what this is what niggas is put all their attention into relationships. What women doing? How can we get laid? How can we get pussy? Nigga, anybody can get pussy. I don't know why that's the driving factor here for everybody. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got another YouTuber, Angry Man, throwing a tantrum again today because ain't nobody recognizing him and celebrating him. And he all having a hissy fit on YouTube, whining and crying all damn day long. Man, they had an award show and didn't recognize me. I'm, I'm, I'm angry, man, man. I'm angry, man. I'm angry, man. I should be, man. I, man, I should be, I should be doing numbers like, man. I'm angry, man. Uh, 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 stop comparing me to Kevin Samuels. I'm angry, man, man. Like, shut your ass up, nigga. Shut your little lame ass, short, stumpy ass up. Forty something years old, acting like you fucking fifteen, nigga. Let that nigga super fucking lame now. But these are the type of niggas that are out there. That, but unfortunately, the problem with the angry man and Obsidian, they got more influence than a nigga like me. They got way more influence than a nigga like me. But the, but the reason why is because they attract dysfunctional niggas. I didn't grow up dysfunctional. I didn't grow up in a broken home. I didn't grow up trying to be a street nigga. I didn't grow up trying to over here crying because I couldn't get chosen high school with the honeys. And now I'm on YouTube taking it out on women all day long in my 50s. I ain't grow up like that. I grew up in a household with, with, with a mother and father who had some common fucking sense, nigga. And that's what I try to impart on my own children. You're going to see me whine 40 years old. Crying because niggas don't celebrate you on YouTube. Shut your lame ass up. Nigga, you are like a year older than me, and this, this nigga is super lame at this point. And nigga, I sat there and watched his shit earlier. I'm like, this nigga is so fucking lame, man. Look at this nigga. This, this is the epitome of a failure nigga trying to reinvent himself online. And I'm saying that because... We're about the same age. And look at what he's crying about. This nigga's literally online crying because niggas don't celebrate him like Kevin Samuels. Literally. Man, man, they, they, they got their setup idea from me. Nigga, who you got your setup idea from? You think you're the first person that had a fly setup? I'm pretty sure you got your shit from a bunch of white YouTubers. <laughs> You think you're the first one who figured out how to use Streamlabs and OBS? I'm pretty sure you learned that from a bunch of white YouTubers. Why don't you shout out the white YouTubers who, who showed you how to do it, Angry Man? The hell is wrong with this nigga, man? I was the first one. Shut your ass up, man. But he got so much. He got. But the problem is he got him and others got so much influence in this space, man. They are over here just spreading this bullshit to these young people. I'm a boss. I'm a boss. Nigga, you're, you make YouTube videos and get donations, right? You stop making videos, you don't make money, nigga. You ain't signing no paychecks, nigga. You ain't hiring nobody, nigga. So stop with the boss shit. Stop misleading people with this, this false boss bullshit. Because the numbers out, I'm, I'm, we're looking at the numbers right here. 
Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, nigga. Stop getting up on here talking about catch a flight. Nigga, how about you hop on a flight and go see a nigga? It's your lame ass. You too old to be acting like a bitch. I mean, that nigga's a bitch at this point. Every, I mean, look, I'm trying to be supportive of the nigga. Y'all probably like, why you go so hard on him? Because this nigga is about my age, man. It's like, my nigga, this is how you act at this age and you got this much influence on young people? It's a shame. It's wasted talent, man. It's wasted energy. He could be sitting here dropping this information that I'm dropping to all the hundreds and maybe whoever the hell watches him. But he chooses to get up on there and cry like a bitch all day because 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 niggas is comparing him to Kevin Samuels and he ain't getting the respect that O'Shea and Kevin Samuels and Obsidian get. Who the fuck cares, nigga? Who cares? If you really cared, you would you would tell niggas about this shit right here. You would you would do the maths <laughs> to show that this whole police brutality shit is bullshit when it comes to these young niggas. You would tell them you need to do this, you need to do that. Instead of sitting around here trying to convince niggas to go buy $40 cigars. <laughs> this shit is stupid with these niggas, man. And he ain't, like I said, he ain't the only one. It's upsetting me doing this dumb shit too. And it's a whole bunch of other ones, but they're the ones with the most influence that I see in this space. So this is why black people need white people because it's a bunch of fucking toddlers running around in this culture with a toddler mentality, man. You take white people away, these niggas can't survive. And white people is YouTube. You take YouTube away, what these niggas gonna do? Listen, y'all take YouTube away from me, I can go make money. I can still go out there and do my thug fizzle and make money teaching IT or doing some other stuff related to it and make just as much money, if not more. I'm not dependent on the white man's YouTube for my income generation. These niggas are. So this is part of the white man, y'all. Who made YouTube, y'all? Let's go look it up. Let's go look it up. <clears throat> Excuse me. There you go. These are the guys that made YouTube. What color are they, y'all? You see any black folks in this picture? Two white dudes and an Asian dude. These are the guys who started YouTube, then sold it to Google. What did I just tell y'all earlier? What did I say Sub-Zero said about black people doing homework? Didn't I say, uh, uh, based off the charts Sub-Zero is presenting, off the research, black kids on average do spend like 20 minutes a day doing homework, 20 minutes a day, if that. White kids, probably like 45 minutes. Asian kids, probably like 90 minutes. But look at this. Where, 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 where the black YouTube made by the brother man? What year was YouTube started, y'all? Uh, let's see. YouTube was February 14th, 2005. We're talking 16 years, B. 
Where black YouTube at? That I'm talking when I say when I say the real black, I'm talking about a site where they own their own servers. You ain't leasing somebody's servers. You own your stuff so that you can go out there and hire people like me or keep it techie to go in there and, and, and build the IT infrastructure so that we can get them videos sent to your phone and your computers at the speed of light. Where that stuff at? 16 years, nigga. Oh, you don't like that example? What about Facebook? Two thousand four. Let's see. We all know Mark Zuckerberg coded it up, but who actually started it? It was them two twins. These are all the people, the founders of Facebook. What? What? It was some twins that was in there. Let's. The the, Wink, the Winklevoss twins. That's their names. These guys right here, they the one who presented the idea to Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg coded it up and then ran with it. And then I think he broke them off like a billion dollars or something or whatever. But they were the ones who actually came up with the idea for Facebook. They just couldn't code it. Zuckerberg could code it up. Sitting in Harvard, coded it up, dropped out of college to do it full time, became the youngest billionaire in history or the youngest billionaire at the time. Where the brothers at? We subject matter experts on catching a flight. We subject matter experts on being hood niggas. White folks is out here creating the platforms that allow these hood niggas to exist. To, and, and, and here's the thing. White people create the platform. They'll let, they'll let niggas come on YouTube and act an ass, be on, be on live streams for seven hours a day, just acting a complete ass, B. <coughs> won't even flag the channel, won't, won't terminate the channels or nothing. Where the black platform at? I mean, we got a, a quote-unquote black YouTube, but it's not, it's not built up from the ground up. It's basically somebody else's stuff, but niggas don't even support that. What you talking about, man? Oh, okay. Let me show you. Hold on. I got a subscription. I got two subscriptions to this site. I put my YouTube videos over here too. I pay this man $10 a month through my, my PayPal. That's all he charges. That's that's what I give him. I, I, I try to support this dude. Niggas don't be supporting him. I think he got a set where he can do something. He got, I think he can do some lives over here. Obviously, it's, it's not going to compete against YouTube, but it's, it's, it's a black-owned site. Niggas don't be supporting him. I send this nigga $10 a month. That's what he asks. I send him. I don't even, I don't even care. I just give it to him. Whether I put a video up or not, I, just, I give this nigga $120 a year just because. I got two accounts on here. But niggas is on YouTube. Though, <clears throat> talking about their boss, talking about they empowering people, teaching niggas, trying to get it prepared. You strip YouTube away. What 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 these niggas gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? Where you gonna go make your money at? What are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna have to go to the corners and, and be a Hebrew Israelite preaching on the side of the street? Like, what are you gonna do? What tangible skills are you teaching black people so that they can effectively compete? Against the 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 Winklevosses of the world, 
or they can compete against the dudes that made YouTube. Where they go? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what are we talking about here? All these, all these, I'm the hardest nigga on YouTube, catch a flight, relationship, topics, black women ain't shit. How is that going to allow you to compete against um, the dudes who started YouTube? Huh? Chad Hurley. Look at this. Uh, in October 2006, he and Stephen Chen sold YouTube for $1.65 billion to Google. Hurley worked in eBay's PayPal division. One of his tasks was to design the original PayPal logo before starting YouTube with his fellow uh, PayPal. So he was already doing PayPal, y'all. We live, live off, I mean, business ran off PayPal. PayPal has made business so easy for me to collect money from people who don't want to put their credit card information. I mean, I, I get it. I use PayPal all the time, so I ain't tripping. Then he, then he created YouTube and then sold it. And now Chad is worth $355 million. YouTube, this is the world's second biggest website in the world. The, the largest video website in the world, the second biggest website in the world, period. Owned by white people in, or created by white people in an agent, now owned by the Apple company. Or Apple, not Apple, but uh, Alphabet, which owns Google, which owns YouTube. Who owns who owns the Alphabet? Hold on. Let's see. Look at this. One of Kamala Harris's people. This is the CEO of uh, Apple. I mean, Alpha, I don't know why I keep saying Apple, but Alphabet. Alphabet owns Google, which owns YouTube. This is the head Negro, the head dude in charge of it all. This dude right here. This dude is the king of the internet. Literally. The king of search, I should say. You can't do nothing without him. First thing people do is run to Google to look you up. Look up your business. Ain't nobody going to Microsoft, Bing, or Yahoo like that. This dude is the king dingling out here. Him, Jeff Bezos, is the king of online shopping. Zuckerberg is the king of social media. Him and um, the Twitter dude, Jack Dorsey. They, they listen. The companies they have are so goddamn big that they have. They are. They're literally trying to come up with new laws to rein these people back in because they have so much influence and control. The technology behind Google is so powerful. This stuff knows you better than you know yourself. They already know what you're interested in. So every time you go to Google, the results are going to be catered towards stuff you already, you already they already think you're interested in. Everybody doesn't get the same Google results when you go to Google. 
That algorithm is a motherfucker. But regardless, you take this away, you take you take YouTube away. Well, a lot of these niggas go bye bye. They can't survive. They need white daddy, or in this case, they need Indian daddy. <laughs> so that's why black people need white people and other other non-whites. Cause we ain't got nothing popping like this in black society, man. And even if you do got something, even just something tiny, infant, you know, something remotely small, like like Black Junction, you can't get no, you can't get no real support for it. So, out of all these businesses, with and without employees, ain't no damn Googles up in here, ain't no YouTubes up in here, ain't no Amazons up in here, ain't no Facebook or Twitters up in here, ain't no, ain't no, uh, uh, ain't too many chain restaurants up in here nationally known or whatever ain't too many of that it's a whole bunch of mom and pop shops though barbershops beauty so i'm not knocking them i'm not knocking the mom and pop shops but mom and pop shops what on average they have like what two or three employees on average they ain't like they hiring 10 50 people around here but we got to deal with niggas on YouTube, 40 plus years old, talking to young niggas about stupid shit, about how to get how to get hoes, how to be the man. These niggas going to grow up and become 30, 40, 50 years old and not have any fucking skill sets to survive in this world, nigga. That's the problem. They ain't going to know nothing but how to get hoes and, and, and turn women into baby mamas and then complain about black women all day. Or if they can't turn them into baby mamas, they're gonna turn into incels who can't really get women. Why can they why can't they get women? Because they ain't got no real goddamn skill sets to survive in this world that can generate real money that can allow for them to compete against these motherfuckers right here. Or the motherfuckers who made YouTube, wherever the hell they went. These motherfuckers right here. You say, hey, listen. Let me let me show you. Listen, y'all think you listen, y'all think these dudes got issues getting women? Look at these, look at these dudes. Look at these dudes. Y'all think they got issues pulling chicks? Y'all think they y'all think they got issues getting honeys? <laughs> Maybe back in 2000, when they were spending all their time at the computer lab writing the code for YouTube. They probably wasn't getting no honeys. But then a couple years later, when they made the platform and sold it for over a billion dollars, I'm pretty sure their options went through the roof. Y'all think Mark Zuckerberg was pulling chicks? Let's, let's see. Where, where a picture? Here you go. That's Mark Zuckerberg in college or high school. Y'all think y'all think he was out there pulling chicks? I'm pretty sure Zuck can get any chick he wants. But what about Tom from MySpace? Remember him? That was all of our first friend, right? Tom from MySpace. Y'all know the story behind Tom? Tom said when MySpace, MySpace first came out, 
This joker worked on that website for like seven straight years with no days off. I'm talking about he said he went in there every day, eight, nine, ten hours a day, working on my space for like six or seven years straight. Didn't take one day off. That was his whole life, was working on MySpace. And then he sold it. You know, I, after it started going down because Facebook came up, how much time from MySpace worth? Tom Anderson. In MySpace, but he doesn't own the company. He has a net worth of $60 million. Y'all know what Tom from MySpace does today, y'all? I used to follow him. Tom just globe trots, goes around the world taking pictures. He's a photographer now. This is him. He literally just retires and goes around the world taking pictures, y'all. That's all he does. He's been doing this for like well over a decade now. He just travels. He literally just travels the world taking pictures. You know, I followed him after I followed him on other social media sites. I think he got a Facebook account, but he would post pictures. These are all his photos. He just goes to these exotic places or whatever and just takes pictures. Why? You, th you think he got a problem getting women? But why does he do this? Because. He literally dedicated about six or seven years of his life creating a platform that led to the birth of social media, modern-day social media. He was one of the forefathers of it that, that really revved it up because, you know, there were other platforms that came out before MySpace, like Black Planet came out before MySpace, but when MySpace came out, he took social media to another level to where it became the thing to do where everybody had to be on social media. And then obviously Facebook came through and took it to another level. And then, you know, the rest is history, but that's what he, that's what he was doing in his early twenties or whenever he was out there creating a product that revolutionized the world in, in terms of how we communicate and interact with one another. That's what he did. And now he out here traveling the world, taking pictures, B. Living his best life. That goofy-ass white dude right there. <laughs> I mean, his, his, his MySpace invention led to the inspirations of other sites like YouTube and ultimately Silicon Valley. Well, well Silicon Valley was there, but it, you know, it further grew Silicon Valley, I should say to allow for niggas to hop on these panels for eight, seven hours a day and cry because niggas, niggas don't respect him like, like uh, Kevin Samuels. 40-year-old niggas or 50-year-old niggas who want to, who, who wanna, you know, just, just suffer every day because they, they uh, didn't get chosen in high school and now they want to get payback. And then they're just talking to these young niggas, giving them the most horrible advice in the world that ain't going to make them competitive at all. This is going to make them basically a bunch of defective Negroes. And guess who these defective, non-competitive Negroes turn into, y'all? Who do they turn into? 
They turning to these niggas right here. Well, they running around here screaming racism every five seconds. They crying racism. Oh, racist. Well, it, you know, it's not it's really racist. You just suck. You can't compete. And now you don't, you got white folks out here who just don't want to be bothered with your ass because you they don't feel like being called a racist. Yeah, Tom revolutionized social media. Super facts. I'm trying to highlight your comment, but it's not there. It is right there. Super facts. He revolutionized this thing. He 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 revolutionized to the point where niggas was learning how to code. You, you listen. You you get a you get a MySpace page back in the day. And you want to just stuff some to be fly. You actually had to learn how to do some code. So Tom was listen. We talk smack about MySpace now, but shoot, you was learning some things back then. You wanted some fly looking. You wanted your ink, uh, not your ink. You wanted your letters to look a certain way or be a certain color or have uh, hyperlinks on them. <coughs> you had to go out there and learn how to do some coding to get that to pop. And he let you do it. But this is what niggas turn into, B. When you're, when you're, when you're a non-competitive, essentially useless Negro in society, you turn into a nigga out here on some, on some, I'm gonna let white people wash my feet and then I'm gonna cry and call white people racist every five seconds. The white man's out to get me, police is out here hunting me. When the police pull me over, I'm shaking in my boots, I'm terrified. But the math don't add up, the math don't support it. The math does not support the narrative. I'll do this one more time in case y'all missed it. Y'all probably, like, what does this number mean? I'm gonna do it one more time in case you, you missed it. There are over 18, there are 18,000 police departments in America, y'all. 18,000. You can look it up. It's like 17,985 to be exact. We just rounded it up to 18,000. So I said, if every police department across America had just one interaction with one black person, <clears throat> that's 18,000 interactions a day. Multiply that by 365 days, that comes out to be uh, what is the math? What is that number? Uh, six million five hundred and seventy thousand interactions with black people a year, right? That's how many interactions black people would have with the police every single year in America if every police department across the country had just one interaction with one black person every single day, you would have. 6,570,000 interactions. The year 2020, there were 226 black people killed by a cop. Justified, unjustified, a combination of the two. The number came out to be 226. You take that, you divide it by the number of total interactions in, in any given year, These, this number right here produces the number, as soon as I get this off of my screen, this is the chances of you having a negative interaction with a cop. That's what this is. You can convert this into its decimal equivalent. Here it is. A 0 .0034 chance of your ass having a negative interaction with a cop to where you become the next trending hashtag. That's the chances. That's the math, y'all. That's the math. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. That's the math.
But the significance of this number is this super small, super ridiculously low number is all the justification you need as a black person to go out there and act a complete ass to where you out there burning stuff down. You out there accusing white people of being racist every five seconds because they blink their eyes too fast. That allows for you to go out there and just be treated like children to where you got white liberals out here. They want to come through and wash your goddamn feet, nigga. That small number is responsible for this white liberal feeling sorry for black people to the point where he got to wash his feet like he's a goddamn child. Like, like, how a, like how a parent washes the feet of their little infant. This is why black people are stuck in this infantile mentality. That small number is, is a major contributing factor for this, for the overall decay in, in, in overall black culture's intellect. That's part of the equation. Anyways, I'm about to go. I'm about to go. Shout out to everybody put some money in here, though. That's my rant. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man, Keep It Techie in the building. Defund Tatiana. Make sure y'all go sub and support his channel. Who else got a channel in here that I recognize? K Podcast. Support him. He puts out great information to help you guys get some side hustles cracking. So you could generate some some funds in your life. All right. I'm not going to scroll all day. And y'all go support Catch a Flight, whoever the hell this is. <laughs> Catch a Flight. Catch a Flight piloted by a 40-year-old nigga crying on YouTube every night because people don't celebrate him like they do Kevin Samuels. Shut your old man. I, I tell that shit annoys me when I see it. Like I say, it annoys me because I'm like, this nigga got so much influence, but he uses it. He, he just completely wasted, wasted on stupid crap, y'all. And I'm just like, oh, God, I just can't. I just can't waste. If I'm out here trying to help mold the minds and inspire young people, I can't hop on my mic every day and waste it and cry and complain like I'm 15 years old because a bunch of niggas who make videos don't celebrate me like they celebrate somebody else at 40 something years old throwing tantrums knocking my lights over i, I do i can't i can't do i it's, it's just sad to see bruh it's so sad to see but he he represents he's just one of tens of thousands that that don't even make videos it's a bunch of angry it's a bunch of angry niggas out there that don't make youtube videos that act just like that at 40 something years old he just happens to make videos and they just steer, they, they help steer these young people down these these path, these failure paths that are going to produce failure results in life. But he a boss. All right. Well, as soon as, the, as soon as white YouTube decides you can't be on their platform no more. Are you really a boss? <laughs> are you really a boss? You got any employees? Like, you know, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Go watch my other video in case you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, the one I did recorded earlier. All right. Anyways, I got it. You said Kevin Samuels bought a new purse the other day. Hey, good for him. Kevin making cheese out these streets. Look, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get mad at a nigga making money, right? 
Even Angry Man, he I feel he's entitled to make all the money he should be able to make. All right. But my thing is, let's put everything in its proper context. You're not a boss. You're a nigga that makes videos on YouTube and collects donations, and you survive off that. And look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to do that. That's fine. But stop acting like I hate this this boss term is just grossly over over abused because you're making it seem like you're more than what you actually are. You're just a nigga that created a job, but your job is dependent upon this white man's platform because the white man or the Indian man, they decide to pull the plug on YouTube. Like, you know, what you going to do? You have to go get you a real job then, nigga. <laughs> or, or, or go back to tattooing. You know what I'm saying? Cutting hair. No, I'm just saying, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep things in this proper comp. All right. Hold up, before I go, why do you need employees to be a boss? Well, what is a boss? Let's 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 go to the definitions, y'all. I thought I was gonna go, but you know what? Fuck that. We're gonna we gonna be I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it rocking. Let's 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 go let's go look at the definition of a boss, right? Let's just go look. I don't even know what the definition is. So let's just we're gonna learn together. A person who is in charge of a worker group or organization. Someone uh yeah, that's it right here. A person who is in charge of a worker, group, or organization. That, that's, that's the definition of a boss. So if you're using the term boss, well, obviously you have people that work for you. Make, you know, it's kind of high. Listen, but listen, I don't want this to make it seem like I'm knocking people who have businesses. Look, I got a business. I got a side. I got a part. I got a business too. This is my business right here. I'll show you mine. This is my business, right? So it loads up. This is my business right here. You're like, man, that's just a blog. Yeah. But I sell products off this thing. I sell educational products. This is my business. I sell all kinds of shit on here. I sell study materials, vouchers, exam vouchers. I sell lab simulations. I did $1,500 in sales this month off this website. But after I crunched the numbers, I still I was still in the red. I, I talk about it in my last video. But I sell all kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a business owner too. You see this down here at the bottom? I got an LLC too. <laughs> you know, like a for real, for real one. You know what I mean? Which ain't nothing special, but it is what it is. But um, what was I saying? But but um, but look, I don't have any employees. For one, I can't afford any employees, and you know, I, I just don't have any. So I'm part of that other group. I'm part of this group right here. Black-owned businesses with no employees. I'm part of this group, too. Between this group and this group, there are 3 million Black-owned businesses, but 2.9 million of them don't have employees. 
100,000 or so have employees. That means the overwhelming majority of these people just created a job for themselves, like I did. This is a business, but this is also more more so a, a part-time job because I actually have to physically work this. Well, not physically. Well, I have to actually work this thing. You want, you want, you're like, what do you mean? All right, well, let me show you. Hold on. Let me show you. Let me show you. All right, you see this video? This is just one part of the equation. Hold on. This is a 27-minute long video I had to record, right? Of me teaching about this material. TCP and UDP ports, right? Guess what? You see all this, you see all these words right here? I wrote all that. Do you know how long it took me to write all this? It literally took me probably about six hours to write all this. Guess what? I got about 50 of these on my website right now that I had to write. That's why it's taking me so long to, to, to develop these classes. I have to write all this stuff, man. I have to go out here, read books, Look at this, look at that. Interpret the information, try to condense it, make try to put it in layman's terms, see if this stuff is actually accurate, is the most relevant information, and then write it in such a manner that everybody can understand. That's my attempt. I mean, that's my goal. I have to write all this like I'm doing a research paper. Have you ever written a research paper before? I've written a 30-page research paper before, man. So I'm pretty good at researching and writing shit. I got two graduate degrees. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got an MBA and I got a master's degree in IT. I've written a shit ton of research papers since high school. But I have to write all this. And then if you don't like reading, I record, I put it in, I record videos for those who don't want to read. That's what I'm doing. I'm, listen, you watch my videos. I literally just take the information I wrote, put it into a PowerPoint presentation and then read the shit to you because most people are just not going to read this. And I get it. I understand. But most people might listen to it, especially when I throw some little pictures up there and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So from the time I write something to the time I record it and upload it, dude, we're looking at probably about eight to 10 hours just, just for this one thing. You're like, this is just one, 2.1. Let's, let's, let's go count the pages, y'all. This is all from the same test, 221,001. If you go through and count all these posts, there are four pages of this shit. This is just for one cert. You count all, you add up all these posts, it's like 34, 35 of these things I had to do, bruh. That take me about six, seven hours to do sometimes. That's just one. I got another one of 30, 35 posts the same way. This one. 
I'm working on this one now. I ain't even finished it yet. I'm only on the third page. I still got another page of this to, to go through. And then I got two other certifications I got to put together. So I got a business too, but it's more like a part-time job that I created for myself. Because the problem is, if I don't write this stuff and record it, I don't make any money, nigga. Because nobody else can do this unless you work in IT and know what I know and willing to put this time and effort into it. It ain't going to write itself. It ain't going to record itself. It ain't going to research itself. I do all this on my own spare time. So that's why, yes, it's technically a business, but it's more so like a part-time job. It's a job I created for myself, which is what a lot of other people do, especially those on YouTube. You're talking about bosses. Are you really a boss? Or are you just a dude that created a job for yourself? More than likely, you fall in this category, and this category is comprised of a bunch of people like me who created a job for themselves, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just want you all to stop throwing the term boss around so carelessly because you throw it around to try to separate yourself from those who work regular jobs to make it seem like you're above somebody who has a regular nine to five, when in reality, you're just at the same level or you're slightly below them. That's that. That's why the term "boss." I'm talking about it because it's a the, the word is 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 severely mis, mis, misused to make it seem like somebody is something they're not. If you're really a boss, you got people working for you, or if you have a legit full blown business, you have systems in place that if you remove yourself from the business, the business can still generate money with or without you. That is the true definition of a boss. Can you remove yourself from your business and your business still function without you? Can you do that? If not, I don't think you're really a boss. I just think you're a dude who created a job for yourself. And once again, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to stress that there's nothing wrong with that. But just be honest about what it is. Most of us create jobs for ourselves. So that's 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 how this works. In case you've never heard it before, that's how it works. Anyways, I'm about to roll. Shout out to everybody. Put some money in here. Oh, you say Tone Talk's been saying this? Well, yeah, well, it's true. If he's been saying that. I mean, look, I don't have a problem working for my boss. My boss pays me a, a, a pretty hefty salary <laughs> to where I don't have to be on YouTube hoping and praying I get cash apps and donations. Like, I don't, and look, I'm not knocking it, but I don't, I don't survive all, I don't have to, listen, I make, I make, I make very good money, bro. I mean, I'm not going to tell you my salary, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's higher than yours. Even if you do own your, for, I'm pretty sure my salary is higher than most people who, who who own their own business. So, you know, there are people who make more money than business owners. Like, do you, like matter of fact, let me let me look it up. 
what is the average salary for a business owner in America? Let me see if they got a number for that. Uh, uh, look at this. Look at this right here. Look at this. Hold on. This is the average income a business owner makes. $59,000 a year. That's it right there. Most businesses in America are small businesses. I make more than $59,000 a year, bro. From my from my boss that I got to go clock in for. I make more working for somebody else than most people who have their own businesses, bro. This is the average right here, bro. 59,000 a year. After it's all said and done, this is what they take home and put in their bank account to survive off of. After they pay their payroll taxes, after they pay other taxes, insurance, yada, 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 this is what they take home. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying this is what the numbers are. I make more than that, bro. I'm not going to tell you what I make, but I make more than that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Way more than that. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if you work for somebody else because I make more money working for somebody else than the average business owner makes. You know what I mean? I mean, I just do. But at the same time, I still have my own part-time business that's more like a job. So, you know, I'm hoping one day I can transform my business to out-earn what my income is. But, you know, if it does, it good, good shit. But if it doesn't, then you know it is what it is. But I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, let let we we got to keep things in this proper context here, because you over here talking stupid. You talking stupid. Just get enough sleep and wake up and go work for your boss and deal with it. All right. Well, I make more than the average person who owns their own business. I already make more than this now. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the laughing emojis with this. I make more than this now, dude. Working for somebody else, <laughs> and guess what? It's less stress. All I got to do is just clock in, do what I do, and guess what? I'm getting my paycheck. I don't have to worry about uh, paying insurance, paying tax, uh, making sure I'm compliant with with city law. I, I, I'm not legally responsible for all that crap. I go in there, click on some computers. They pay me a salary whether I show up or not. This is what the average, see, he, look, he says some, some, you don't understand nothing. This is the average, Nick. Do you know what the word average means? Hold on, let's do it. Let's look up the word average. We got to, these, these are the dumb niggas I was telling y'all about, bro. What does the word average mean? Hold on. It says a number expressing the central or typical value in a set of data, in particular, the mode, median, or most commonly the mean, which is calculated by dividing the sum of the values in the set by their number. So this is a number that represents the central or typical value of a set of data. So you take all the uh, business owners in America 
and, and you say, well, how much do they earn? You might have some that earn, let's just say they earn $1,000 a year to somebody who earns as high as a million dollars a year. Well, somewhere in the middle is what it's called the average out of all the business owners. And this is what it comes out to be, $59,000 a year, bro. Well, I didn't say it was. When have I ever said my lifestyle is hard to achieve? I've never said that. Nigga, I teach people how to achieve my lifestyle. <laughs> this is how slow this nigga is, y'all. This nigga ain't hearing nothing I'm saying, y'all. Everybody knows what, what, what is the purpose of this site, y'all? Everybody knows I do IT, right? What's the purpose of this site? The purpose of this site is to teach people how to make money like how I make it. Where I literally teach people this. If you go do this and work in this industry, if you want to learn IT, you can make as much or even more than me in probably a shorter amount of time than I was able to do it. Like people who learn the stuff I teach within about five, 10 years, they can be making over six figures, bro. You can ask Keep It Techie. He works in tech. You can ask Nick. Nick Taylor, that's him right here. You can ask, uh, what, what's what's my man's name? Uh, Black, Black, uh, shit, I don't want to get his channel name wrong. He, he's an admin for this channel, but Black PsyOp, cybersecurity guy, he can, anybody who works in tech can tell you this. K Coaching, he can, he can, he can tell you this too. So nobody's saying it's hard to achieve. Nigga, I try to teach it so people can learn it. This is how slow this dude is. But he'll run over to the angry mans or the obsidians and be like, oh, they spitting hot fire. This nigga going to wake up and be 40 years old, broke as shit, y'all. Listening to them niggas. All because all, all he's invested in is, is, is how many women's he can get, how much pumping and dumping he can do. <laughs> Instead of trying to learn how to compete in this society. So he don't wake up and be 40, 50 years old. Uh, uh, doing the moonwalk outside of the 7-Eleven asking niggas for a quarter. But I'm the slow one. How, how, where, uh, how am I the slow one? <laughs> I literally try to teach people what I know and what I've done. <laughs> but I'm the slow one. It's, it ain't hard. Yeah, it's not hard to achieve. It really ain't. It's just a matter of, do you want to do what I had to do to do it? And if you do, you can get there faster than I could, than I, than I was able to. And I, and I walk you through it. Baby step, you nigga. I literally hold your hand on this website and walk you through the shit. <laughs> As in literally. You learn what on your own? What do you do? Let's, let's, let's. What do you do? You don't you don't need to ask anyone. You I learn it on my own and show how I live. You got a YouTube channel? Let's go. Let's go see. Let me let me let me uh let's let's go visit your YouTube channel real quick. Let's see. Let me find. Let me find you. Hold on. How do I find your channel? Let's see. You saw it. Well, shit. Let's see it. You might, you might got something going on that could be beneficial to the peoples out there. Let's see it, nigga. Don't talk about it. Let's be about it. Let's see it, nigga. Mr. Punisher, let's see, what, let's see what you, see if I can find your channel. I think I looked it up. I don't think you got one, to be honest with you. 
You just you just a random nigga hanging out in the comments. <laughs> Cause you know, everybody on YouTube in the comments, they all balling, everybody doing things in life, everybody this, everybody that. Everybody do that, bro. Everybody get all the dime pieces. Everybody on YouTube is the best at everything. You, you ain't never noticed that shit. Everybody gets all the dime pieces. Everybody got all everybody's just balling out of control, right? But you never see any content. You know, saying, hey, well, okay, if you're doing that, show me the content that's proven it. If you want me to believe you, or you do accounting, you do accounting, but you don't, you know, you don't, because you don't even know what the word average means. How, oh, God, I wouldn't listen. You ain't even know what the word average meant, bruh. You ain't even understand what the average meant for 59000 a year, but you an accountant? Nigga, nigga, stop lying. You didn't even understand this when I said 59,000 is the average. You didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. But you're an accountant. Really? Really? You're an accountant, but you don't understand what the word average means. I'm supposed we're supposed to believe that. Really? Niggas say anything in the comments, bruh. Niggas say, you know what? I don't have my thing set up. I ain't, I don't, I don't, nah, you don't need to cam up. Here's what you do. Here's what you can do. You can go cam up on your own YouTube channel and then, and then present your case. I'm finna get off. I've been on this shit for three hours. I'm getting off. This nigga ain't even understand what this meant, y'all. He ain't understand it. But he's an accountant. I don't think I'll be hiring you for my accounting services if I ever need them. I, I don't feel confident in your accounting ability. <laughs> you, you, you didn't uh, give me the warm and fuzzies when you when you failed to understand what this meant when I said the word average. So I don't think I'll be uh, hiring you, Mister Punisher. I'm gonna need you to uh, need you to break that dictionary out and learn some words. All right, man, I'm about to bounce. Shout out to everybody put some money in here. I got to go. Y'all be easy. Peace.